nothing brother so yeah um yeah it's i had someone comment and i also had a family member text me they're like why are you always wearing that stupid fucking orange jacket <laughs> it's because i keep this room cold because even though this is a brand new macbook it still overheats when i'm screen recording so i gotta mm-hmm. keep shit cold i got little fans attached to it but i gotta keep it cold and i keep the fan on so it's just constantly just circulating air and just sucking and just heat transfer so i gotta wear something <laughs> and so for a couple episodes i put on like a nice like polo jacket and it was it looks good but it's so like formal and Ooh, yeah, it, it just yeah. like it, I don't care that it looked for like I wanted it to like look better, but like I was wearing it and I was like I, I wasn't totally like relaxed for the conversation. I was like you know like we were just talking. I was like shifting it. I was like you know it's getting mm, tucked yes. in. I was so finally I was like <laughs> you know what I was like this thing is, it's big. It's it's like triple XL. It's baggy as shit. It's cozy. I can whip it on and off like. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm wearing it. I don't give a shit that it's high vis orange. If someone wants to buy me the same exact one in a different color, go ahead. But until <laughs> I realized, I was like, I don't give a fuck. No one's watching this. No one's watching this to watch. No one's watching this. They're listening to it. So, yeah, man. So last time I had a splitting headache and the screen was blinding me, but that was 40 episodes ago. And I would like to think that I am weathered now. I figured out. I figured out, yeah, I purposely, I purposely, like, don't drink water before the podcast, so I'm not pissing every 30 minutes like I normally do, um, <laughs> but I work out before it, so I have to, like, worry not to get dehydrated, I'm, I'm slowly getting it down to a science, I've got the microphone, I've got a better backdrop, I think I've got it figured out, <laughs> probably don't. I'm sure. Look, hug. man, forty episodes. Forty episodes since we talked, man. That's yeah. incredible. Like Dude, you I'm are, you are growing. Like you're learning. Woo. I, I look, man. I totally respect your craft. I watched a few of the episodes, and I was like, man, this is like such an awesome podcast. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Whether you mean it or not, I, I appreciate the ego stroking. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, uh, yeah, we got on last time. Let's just jump to it. So you yeah, are. Man. In layman's terms, you're creating Skynet, but that's that's throwing some shade. That's throwing some undeserved shade. So the reality is, is you're among other things, you are building robots that can be controlled by your brain waves. And you, like myself, got into medical school and realized that wasn't for you. And so, nope. like me, we are both going out and chasing what we truly love. And you know, in the back of our minds, it's like, what the fuck am I doing? I could be a doctor. But you're yes. you're building you're building telepathic robots, and I'm making a podcast with a high vis orange jacket. We'll get the last laugh one day. So, yeah, yep, bro, yep. tell me what's up. And I've got a I got a notebook. I write down my thoughts now. I'm slowly getting better at not interrupting people. I've been listening to my episodes, and I've been like, who is that asshole that keeps interrupting? And I'm like, oh god, it's me. I'm like, oh, these guests are so interesting. I had a guy talking about nuclear fusion, and I was like, ep, ep, and I kept cutting, and I was like, I can't listen to this. So today is a growing episode where I'm going to try not to interrupt. Oh, dude, see, look, I have the same problem, especially like when I'm talking to people and I get really excited because then I'm like, oh, my God, I have like 80 things I want to ask. Yeah. And I'm like, I and on top of that, like, so 
especially uh, down here in the South, I tend to talk with a faster cadence than yeah. most Southerners. Yeah. So it, it's like an awkward timing thing where it's like, oh gosh, I want to ask yeah. like 30 things, but I keep on cutting people yeah. off. So dude, no, I, I can totally relate. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, man. When I lived in Maine, my junior year of high school for a year, it went from, yeah, I always thought I talked fast because I'm from New England and people just talk faster in the North. It's almost like it's it's like cold. It's like an evolutionary trait where it's like, it's like it's like it's like get the message out faster because we got to yes. keep moving. We got to keep our body temperatures up. In the south, it's you got that long draw, buddy. Draw, yeah. What are you doing today, Aaron? You making robots? Yeah, making robots and <laughs> like. So when I lived in Maine, they were like, "You talk slowly," and I was like, "I talk slowly," and I was like, oh, "This is heaven." <laughs> so yeah. Actually, so when I was in school the first time, my roommate was from a small town in South Carolina, and he had like one of these deep southern voices, and he talked really slow like this. And as he talks, you're like, dude, get to the fucking point (laughs) already. You're like, yo, man, I gotta go. Like, I got class. Tell me what you need to tell me. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, man, this is really interesting. Now, have you ever? It's like, have you ever, have you ever listened to lectures on YouTube and you got to turn it up like one and a half speed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was trying to listen to one on some like, like theoretical like propulsion system using like magnets or something. I don't know what the fuck it was, but I just remember the lecture because I stopped listening to it to try to listen to it to learn. And it's now one of my go-to sleep videos. I have a playlist on YouTube for shit that puts me to sleep. And that's that's one of them because he's like, and the superconducting magnet, when put in liquid helium, it's, if you look at the bar graph. And I'm just like, I just, yeah. So now, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Maybe it's the, maybe that was some like subtle like salesmanship because I've listened to the episode like a hundred times now. But yeah, dude. So what's, What's what's going on with the robots? What's fuck's going on with your life, man? Aside from you know coronavirus. Oh yeah, well coronavirus is bringing everything to a screeching halt. Um, prior to that, so we actually started demoing the robots for a lot of the STEM themed nonprofits in the area, which it's it's kind of we're getting a two for one in that a we really like working with students and we really want to inspire them to pick up careers in science and engineering and i don't think there's any better way than saying yo drive a robot with your brain oh my god how does this work science yeah oh shit bam like kids are interested yeah but another thing too as we were doing our market analysis and our study and we're trying to because since we're a business we have to be able to show like hey we can make a profit Mm. and one thing that we realize is that so nonprofit organizations by definition have to spend 80 percent of their um their revenue on organizations and programs that accomplish the mission of the nonprofit. So with a STEM themed nonprofit, they have to pay money to bring in STEM specialists. Mm. And guess what we are? So yeah, man. And we actually, so um, I, you, you know where Greenville, South Carolina is, mm-hmm. right? 
Yeah, so we actually worked with a nonprofit in Greenville a few weeks ago before the coronavirus really kicked up. And when we came in, we were there for maybe an hour and a half, two hours. We worked with two groups. We separated uh, boys from girls. Everybody did the robotics activity. And since we came there, that's all those kids can talk about. They're like, yo, when are the robots guys, when are the robot guys coming back? When are they coming back? And we're like, yes. Oh, yes, yes. But not not even not just from a financial standpoint, but from a here you have this group of students. A lot of them come from lower lower income, lower socioeconomic backgrounds, and you're showing them things that previously only kids who were in, you know, high achieving like uh, we used to have it was it called Galactic growing up it was the program that all the smart kids went to I forgot what it was called because I obviously wasn't in it um, and so like yeah those kids will see the really cool STEM stuff but we want to bring that to everybody else because we think that there is so much value for, for all students especially um, we just got off the phone with somebody we were doing a, a mini sales pitch and we said hey when you take kids who've grown up in harder situations, those kids are, they grow up to be incredible scientists and engineers because they have to problem solve just to survive or mm. just to get by because their life is harder. Yeah. And so if you take that ability and apply it to some of the things that we're seeing now, it, it's the potential's endless. And mm. so that's a market that we're really looking to target mm. as an organization. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, man. And you're right. It's uh, yeah, I don't remember. There was a different name for it. But yeah, I had friends that were in those like really smart schools before high school. Yeah. The rest of us were in the dumb feeder schools. But yeah, I can't remember the names of them clearly because I was not in them either. It's uh, they were the yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's, you know, it's stuff like that is normally reserved for. Yeah, it's it either like very like upper crust private schools or even just like you know those extra those like those extra programs like parents can pay for to put their kids in to get them ahead there's nothing wrong with those hey i'm all for spending money on education like you know and i'm hey free market go for it but yeah it kind of <laughs> it kind of sucks for it kind of sucks for those kids where it's like shit man yeah a lot of them you know it's like right now with the coronavirus a lot of kids like there's like a there's like a, a large percentage of students in the United States in eighth grade or below right now who are having problems above everyone else because they're homeless. Right. And or like they don't have an internet connection. Yeah. Like, they, so they do can't do? do that. Or it's like, you know, it's you know, they don't have they don't they you know, they can't eat the cap they're not obviously they're not at school, so they don't have the cafeteria program and it's not like well mom and dad work. It's like mom and dad aren't around. There is no mom and dad. It's it's Guy and his little sister. And it's like, so when they're trying to just tackle those problems that none of us have to, that I don't have to deal with, no one I know has to deal with, I'm blessed that I don't have, haven't been confronted with something that uh, terrifying. The last thing that they have on their mind is like, hey, can we play with the robots with our mind? Like, you know, it's... Yeah. Dude, they're, you know, they're just trying to get back to school just so they can, you know, get their routine normal. Relatively normal. It's, yeah, man. So it's, it's definitely dope as shit what you're doing, man. It's... Yeah, because they're the last kids that would ever... Those are the kids where it's like, it's, you know... 
it's like I hope they get to class, you know. I hope they don't miss more than two days a week of school or something, you know, something insane like that. But yeah, and you're right. It's when you can tap into those kids. Those are the ones that they take it and run with it. Right. Yeah, and then too. So I, you might be similar to me in this aspect, but it's. I'm not trying to toot my own horn and say I'm the smartest dude, but people, all my life, when people have met me, you can tell that I'm a relatively, I, I, I possess at least average intelligence. Yeah. Hey, you can't be and, stupid to get into med school. We can toot our own horns with that. You can, <laughs> you can be dumb socially, which we probably are. Oh, yeah. You yeah, I'm yeah, terribly no. so. I'm think, terrible socially. I don't think it's, it's, you know, it's, yeah. I would toot my own horn and say, yeah, there's a baseline intelligence, and I'd also be real and say that I was probably the dumbest kid out of the class that got accepted to the med school I got to Miami. All those kids were Ivy League. They're brilliant. No, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So, but with that, there is an aspect of self-fulfilling prophecy. So Mm. because I look smart or sound smart or whatever, people tell me that I'm smart. And so when you hear that enough in your life, you eventually think, oh, crap, I might actually know a thing or two. And then now take that and apply it to the other side of the equation where you have students who, again, if they don't come from much, they're they're constantly being told, whether explicitly or implicitly, hey, you you ain't shit, you ain't never gonna be shit. Yeah. And so because of that, like that's a mentality that builds up and it becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy. And so one thing that my company is really interested in doing is actually coming in and telling those kids, no, Oh yeah, right. I can cuss on this one. Yes, yeah, I love this podcast. Want, yeah, yeah. No, fuck that. You are somebody. Yeah. Like you can be awesome. Here are the tools that. Here's some tools that we've used to be awesome. We're going to teach you everything that we know, and hopefully, even if you don't go off to be an engineer, you never go off to build robots. Just knowing that you had that poss- that that ability and the possibility for those things is out there. I, I think goes it's a way to help break that cycle of just negative self-fulfilling prophecy yeah dude i would agree with that a million percent it's dude i was never a good student i was a good student until like third grade but i think everyone is and then i (laughs) and then i wasn't until like my sophomore year college i was dude of yours i'll show you some pictures i was a legitimate like meathead i looked like a tank i just (laughs) dude my brothers were all smart as shit and i was just like i'm not smart but it got to a point where I started to believe I wasn't smart. And mm-hmm. then when I finally decided my sophomore year of college, living in a frat house, I was like, I want to get into med school. Like the first year, the hardest part wasn't even like studying and learning to study. It was just like, you know, people not even like maliciously, but just kind of like matter of fact, be like, you got to be pretty smart to get into med school, man. You know, I'm not sure if you, you know, you can do that. And, you know, some other people, you know, a little more venomous, like you can't do that. Dude. You're a fucking idiot. And like, <laughs> but yeah, it literally took me like a year or two where it's like the hardest part wasn't even getting the classes done. It was just like slowly realizing, okay, I'm breaking the curve in all these classes. It wasn't until like my senior year of college that I finally told myself, I was like, you're smart, motherfucker. Like, don't like don't rest on those laurels don't get and you know don't let it go to your head don't be cocky like you're not the smartest motherfucker so don't think that you're something special but it was just like Mm -hmm. it wasn't so much that i was telling myself like i'm smarter than people so much as i was telling myself i'm not dumb and that changed everything man that mindset that you know it's like I've, i've 
I've, I've had I've had friends who've like lost a ton of weight and I've asked them to be like dude what's it like you know like how many more you know chicks are talking to you and they're like dude I realized it had nothing to do with the weight but it had to do with my mind it wasn't even losing the weight they're like because I'm still fluffy they're like it was the mindset that I now felt less fat like I carried myself differently I stood up straight I you know <sighs> even if I still had a belly they're like in my mind I had a third of the belly I used to have so I acted <laughs> like I had a six pack and they're like and that's half of it man it's just like that sort of swagger you have to get and on the other end if you're told you're stupid you you know it's like, what, what did Einstein say if a fish is if a fish is told it's stupid it can't fly or if in intelligence is based on how well you can fly a fish is going to live its whole life thinking it's stupid right yeah you got to convince yourself and it's but if you're a kid you don't have that life experience that like I'm now 29. I have enough experience that I can be like, all right, mindset really does affect things. If you're just in fifth grade and yeah, you're from a, an underprivileged family and you're just trying to get through life and you're already being told you're stupid, well, that might mm -hmm. make you go, that might, no, not, you know, it's not like it's some hex where it's like you become dumber and your brain cells atrophy. But if you, if you think you're stupid, you're probably going to try less because what's the point? Exactly. And yeah. then you lose your love for education. If anything, you're probably going to grow bitter towards it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's you, you got it. Yeah, you got to tell them. Yeah, fuck that. You're smart as shit. And if you're not, you get there. Yeah, and that's so. One thing that we really, we as an organization strive to do is we just say like, hey, yeah, part of it is we're smart, but then part of it is we we're very open about the fact that we struggle in school. The fact, I mean, I failed just going back for engineering i think i've failed three classes so far i fail yeah. a test every semester like clockwork I, yeah. I fail so much it doesn't even bother me anymore but it's just knowing that it's not about being successful on the first try it's about being willing to go through the process to be successful yes. and so and we it, it's so interesting because yes we we have this fun cool quirky like yeah it's awesome you're like a jedi but at the same time we're we're dropping some serious life lessons on these kids and i think that gives us a value as an organization that we're not seeing in the market especially in our area because again if you think about it i'm in the upstate of south carolina like it I'm sure there might be six more companies like ours that are out in Silicon Valley or something, but where I am, it's kind of a tech, it's kind of a tech desert. I mean, yeah. like, yeah, there are manufacturing plants, but you, culturally speaking, there the market's wide open for us, and so mm -hmm. we're we're really excited to be able to address a need yeah. that has been around for such a long time, yeah. and we actually have the tools to do it properly. I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and for anyone listening that's just, you know, rolling their eyes because it's, you know, anyone older than us probably are going to roll your eyes because it's always hard to take advice seriously from someone younger than you. You know, you're just like, <laughs> yeah, what are you now? You know, so it's well, like, you know, yeah, kids. yeah, dumbass motherfuckers. Get the fuck. get what? Yeah, get off my But it's like, so like, don't take it from Aaron and I like saying like, you can do this. We got into med school. Sure. My podcast. Number 50, Dale Comstock, Delta Force, PhD. Dude, he talks about, he taught, and so this isn't, you always hear people saying like, you gotta visualize it before you achieve it. And it's like, all right, you tree hugging hippie, like, you know, give me some energy crystals and essential oils, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But when you hear Dale Comstock talking about visualization, you know, whether it be as a kid playing baseball or 
as the 23, I think the youngest ever person to be in Delta Force. Delta Force by 23. That is the tippy top. That's who the president calls when he says, I need someone dead. All right. <laughs> yeah. it's, they're the guys that. That's, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. They're, they're above SEAL Team 6. All right. They are, they are the fucking James Bonds. He told himself when he was not in Delta Force, he was like, I'm going to get in. And, you know, aside from just breaking his balls every day training, he said that the biggest thing was he used to visualize it and he'd tell himself, he'd be like, you are stronger than these people. He's like, even if I didn't believe it, I would just tell myself, you are stronger mm-hmm. than these people. You are smarter than these people. And he ended up finishing like number one in his class in terms of like, like, like gun it, i think they have like a top gun award it's who's like the best shot but dude he went on and did and did spec ops for them and the cia got his phd as a master's run several businesses and he's the most you know if you look at him you know bald mustache like this guy is a just killer but if you listen to him talk he's not some you know you got to visualize it and tell yourself and believe he'll like, he says it he's like you have to tell yourself that you can do this stuff he's like if you tell yourself you're dumb you're gonna be dumb. He's like, if you tell yourself you can't do this, or I'm not meant for this, or no smarter kids do this, he's like, that will happen. Mm-hmm. But here's this guy that it's like, Dale's in his fifties, and he is again not some like wide-eyed kids like you and I. He is, I mean, a Delta Force veteran, a fucking killer. All right, and here's this guy telling you, you know, hard, hard as fuck. But here's him saying like, no, you got to visualize success. You got to tell yourself. You got to believe in yourself. And so for, yeah, people older than you and I that aren't listening, go listen to podcast number 50 with Dale Comstock. If that doesn't fucking change your mind about some shit, because it's like, oh, here's this guy. If you closed your eyes and listened to that podcast and didn't know he's Delta Force, you would have thought you were talking to some, like, spiritual guru. He's just talking about, like, the energies and frequencies of life and believing in yourself and self-fulfilling prophecies. And it's like, it's so awesome hearing it from him because... Someone like that, you almost would kind of expect them to be like, get that bullshit out of your head. Like, you fucking hippie. Like, work harder. But here's him, the top rung of fucking, like, killers going like, no, you got to believe in yourself. You got to visualize it. You got to put yourself in this situation. You got to feel the energy. And it's just like, so now I embrace it so much more because I'm like, hey, don't make fun of me. You got a problem. You take it up with Dale Comstock. Like, and, and he says, and he's like, and for those of you that don't believe in it, he's like, cool. Keep living your life, you know? <laughs> and look and look from the outside in at the people who are successful. So yeah, man, it's don't listen to Aaron and I being like you got to believe in yourself and tell yourself smart. Listen to that fucking Delta Force spec ops, you know, literally like yes sir, Mister President, pull the trigger. Like <laughs> used to watch used to watch Noriega through a through a sniper scope. Oh, yeah, man, dude. That's one of his, one of his friends is the guy that pulled Saddam from the hole. Dude, this guy is like no bullshit. This is this guy's Sam Fisher. Like, like <laughs> Splinter Cell. No, yeah, dude, no bullshit. Where do you find these people, dude? Like, what the fuck? With Dale, I fucking i i saw you. I saw an interview with him from like five years ago, and I looked up his name, and I was just like, Delta. I was like, man, that's pretty badass. And I found him online. I found his email. And I was like, fuck it, I'll shoot him an email. Got back to me like six hours later, and was like, yeah, I'd be delighted to. He's been on three times now. He's coming on again Wednesday. He's, he's awesome. But yeah, dude, he's oh. he's dude. He he could be a Joe Rogan guest. Like yeah. Point being, getting back to robots. That's yeah. 
so it isn't bullshit. There is incredible important, whether it's teaching them life lessons through robots or whether it's Dale teaching you life lessons through, you know, becoming an elite soldier. It, it is true. And it is, you don't get to that level of success by not believing in yourself. And so it's not some woo woo hippie bullshit. It's, there is a re you got to bust your balls. That doesn't mean saying mm -hmm. I am smart and I'm going to go ace this test. No, no, no. That doesn't work. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I've tried. Yeah, I've tried too. But if you just, at the same time, if you study your ass off for a test, but you just keep telling yourself, I'm a fucking dumb shit, I'm going to fail this. Dude, you're going to fucking fail it. You got to, mm -hmm. dude, you got to, yeah, you, it's like when you see like a, like a dime at the bar, you got to walk up to her and you got to believe that you are Derek Jeter. All right. Whether or not you are, you got to walk like you are Derek Jeter and that you've got a fucking a matte black Lambo outside with diamond encrusted steering wheel. Even if it's just your mom picking you up, you got to believe that that is a Lambo. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going way off on a tangent, but yeah. No, man, it's good. You know, and, and what you said, what you said made me think of something. Um, I was actually talking to my wife about this yesterday, but there are certain themes that no matter what, they are universal to all humanity. So there are themes that repeat throughout time. And that's one of them. It's like, because uh, I, I, I've sat down and thought about it because like you, I, I and like a lot of people, I have an inherent desire to, you know, change the world and to be successful. And I'm like, okay, well, everybody wants to be successful well why aren't why isn't everybody successful mm. and part of it is just dumb luck like you have to be in the right place at the right time yeah. um and every successful person who's truly humble they recognize that and yeah. they'll say that up front but then another thing too is like you said it, it's um it's being able to visualize that success when nobody else mm. eat, nobody around you can see it like we praise visionaries like when it's all said and done but during the process we call them crazy mm. and so um and, and then of course too there's that element of yeah you just gotta you just gotta bust your balls or your ovaries if we're being uh, yeah if we're being, we're being equal. gender yeah gender neutral or gender inclusive that's yeah. the word but you, you just gotta be willing to work and i think a lot of times like people have a desire to be successful and i would even argue that most people are willing to do the work mm. but it, it, there are other aspects to it it's the the way the way you see it before nobody else mm. will and again just dumb luck that yeah. differentiate aspirations from reality yeah with with luck i would say that yeah ask any truly successful person they'll tell you they're like like you know i got why, why do they call it a big break you know it's because you broke you you the thing you you broke through the facade of the universe like the right thing lined up and you so they never say like when i made it it's when i broke through so yeah it's it is dumb luck but there's an awesome quote i saw and it was it said there's no such thing as luck luck is when hard work and persistent preparation meets opportunity yeah yeah I've so seen, it's yeah, like I've seen that. Yeah. so it's like if you every day buy a lottery ticket every day you make sure you're always getting a different number and you finally win that is luck but if you made sure you you know you were studying averages and statistics and you said if i buy a ticket every day for 55 years and never miss that that's maybe not a good example it'd be like if you trained your ass off and just someone noticed you right it'd mm -hmm. be like if it'd be like if i got on a plane 
and I was talking about my podcast and yeah, you know, I decided I got into med school but decided not to. And it just so happens to be a guy that's like, Hey man, well like my brother in law is Elon Musk. Like he, lo- <laughs> yeah. he he loved your story. Sure. That that would blow my podcast up. I wouldn't have hmm. earned that. But at the same time, if I wasn't sitting there and having hustled for the last six years after after hustling, having to get into med school and had this whole story and 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 wake of hard work and things to show for it, that wouldn't have been, that wouldn't have meant anything. It probably wouldn't have talked to the guy. And if I did, it would have been like my brother's Elon Musk. Like, oh, that's so cool. Can I talk to him? He'd probably be like, uh, no, you know, nah. he's he's he's, he's nah, too busy. Bro. But if I'm you know chatting this guy up and here's this thing, that's thousands of hours have put into this, that is what luck is. Like, you know, I mean, I guess true luck would be like if. For whatever reason, Elon Musk just walked in here and just said, let me do an episode. Yeah, that's dumb luck. But for the most part, luck is, it's, the big break is, you know, it, if the, if the unicorn jumps up in front of you in the forest, that's luck. But if you don't have your gun to kill it and mount it and show everyone, it doesn't fucking mean anything. True. So you have to yeah. be an expert marksman for the time you see the unicorn, right? So it's, <laughs> yep, exactly. don't, don't kill Dude, the unicorn. I would remember yeah. that. That's good yeah. as hell, man. Yeah, that was good. I'll uh, quote myself. Yeah. So yeah, it's but seriously, it's that's what luck is. Is it everything lines up? But dude, if you don't have the thing to thread the needle of all of them, it doesn't matter if they line up, right? Right. It's, yeah. 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 It's, but yeah, vis- you have to, another thing you said visionary you have to see it when no one else can and not only that when other people are actively telling you it can't be done um space barons a book uh i don't know the name of the author but it's about elon musk jeff bezos and um richard branson but dude if you it's it's easy in hindsight like you said visionaries it's easy in hindsight to be like well you know musk is a genius dude if you listen to the history of spacex the entire mm-hmm. time it was like what is this asshole doing like, what are you mm-hmm. doing? You're trying to break into this $100 billion market that's owned by defense contractors who have been buddy-buddy with the Pentagon since World War One. It's You listen to the whole thing and the failures and the failures and the just again and again and again and again. And then you get to where you are now in 2020 and you go, well, yeah, of course, Elon saw it. Look at him now. But it's like, for the vast majority of the time that spacex existed there wasn't a now to look back on it was just who's this site it's like there's some there's a joe rogan quote it's madness and genius are next door neighbors and they borrow each other's sugar Mm -hmm. like it's or another is like um is a until it works genius is madness yep it's in up until the moment it works it's what are you doing you fucking psycho you know <laughs> yeah. you know you're what you're building telepathic robots you're what you're trying to make a podcast what the youtube dipshits <laughs> until it works and then, it's and then it works and it's like yeah of course they were geniuses oh, like, he's a hard-working guy got in med school of course it makes sense but it's like up until then it's just like who's this dipshit in a construction jacket like you know <laughs> who, who's this guy who's like yeah we're building telepathic robots or we're going into inner city schools hear me out like you know it's yeah, I don't know. Yeah, actually, so um, every summer when I go to NASA, there was a talk by this engineer. His name is Walt Silva. Amazing talk that he gives. 
And he, he talks about how basically he was, he came up on a problem. He's an aerospace engineer by trade. He said, Hey, I need to go back and get a PhD. And I think it was like statistics or something to figure it out. People were like, okay, but what are you doing? Why are you doing a statistics PhD? You're, you're an aerospace engineer, blah, 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 blah. He caught a lot of shit from it, including from his branch and his boss and all that goes off, gets the PhD, works at the problem comes up with this entirely new novel method and now it's like the industry standard for for what for fixing those types of problems mm. and he talks about kind of again the everybody saying what are you doing until it actually worked and at the end of his talk he because he, he gives it every year he there were quotes he always shows the same quotes about how people said oh uh at some point, I think the director of Warner Brothers said, well, why would you want to watch a movie with sound? Another person said, like, well, why would you want the automobile? The horse is going to be here forever. Yeah. There's another part. There was another quote about, like, how planes were stupid and they weren't going to be useful for anything. And so now that being said, there is a healthy balance. Like at some point, if you're if you're setting off to do something new, you have to know when to punch out and pull the pull the ejection lever yeah. because it is really that bad. Yeah. But at the same time, like you're gonna run into a lot of issues where people are just because it hasn't been done before, it can't be conceptualized. So people are like, uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah. think about think about the moon landings, like there was a like yeah now we all know what can happen we we got pictures and videos and fucking alan shepherd hitting golf balls yeah. off the moon yeah but there was a period in time where people were like uh i don't think you can do that dog dude yeah new york times made fun of robert goddard because they said he wants to launch rockets in a space doesn't he know that you can't operate rockets in a vacuum <laughs> robert goddard the, the head of rocketry or the father of rocketry it's so yeah, it's and and I wish I wish that there were more resources out there or there was a class, but you can't put this all in a class of saying, okay, if you want to innovate, if you want to do something new, if you because we all want to change the world, but the people that do it are so few and far in between for a reason. It is a long and lonely process, and um, and I'm not like. I, fuck it it's my company i can yeah. say it yeah that's one thing that we're trying to inspire is we want people to think holy fuck i can actually change the world yeah yeah what did steve Jobs and, say man sorry i interrupted you go no go no, no no worries no worries uh, i'm listening yeah steve steve jobs quote those who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are often the ones that do right <laughs> you gotta be unhinged man healthy unhinged Yes, healthy unhinged with, with yeah, and the, again, it's all within a reason. Like, okay, me, I didn't see this three years ago. I was just some dude dicking around in his apartment, and I was like, hey, hey I can drive a robot with my brain. That's awesome. And now it's developing into this platform where you can inspire kids, and um, people are really responsive to it. And, and at the time, I wasn't thinking about that. I was just like, I really like this thing. It's new. It's exciting. I haven't seen too many people do it before. And at the same time, like, oh, actually, this just came up. We um, we pitched for a pitch competition at my university, and we got so 
half of the judges were like, oh my God, this is awesome. And the other half of the judges were like, I don't get this, this is stupid. So we like leveled out, didn't place. We're like, what the hell? But that's part of the process is you're gonna run into people who don't see it the way you see it and who will never see it until it's fully developed. And then once it's fully developed, it, it, if it's a good thing, everybody will say, oh yeah, this is awesome. It's mm-hmm. um, same with like Bitcoin. I remember like hearing about Bitcoin way back in 2010 and being like, okay, I don't like, I was like, eh, I don't know about that. That seems kind of weird. But then, you know, fast forward five, six years later and everybody's like, Bitcoin, 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 it's awesome, it's yeah. awesome. And it's like, but who, people didn't realize Bitcoin was awesome until it made a lot of money. But yeah. before that, it was just some weird thing where it's like, you're talking about the hash and all this other stuff and I don't get it. And so, yeah, part of that process as that, that we try to instill, one of our inherent values as a company is teaching especially these younger students who aren't going to hear it from too many other places like yo this is a marathon not a sprint if you really like if you really want to be successful it's going to be a long road and you're going to be by yourself and you're going to have critics left and right and you have to learn how to listen to the criticism but then and take the good parts out but then also you got to learn to keep going forward Mm. yeah it's it's like that Baz Luhrmann quote. He's like, yeah, he's like, accept the crit. Oh yeah, he's like, it's like filter, take all criticism, like, take the constructive like pieces and filter out the negatives. If you figure out how to do this, tell me how. Like, it's, but that, that is true. It's like in everything, there's there in every criticism there is some legitimacy, you know, mm-hmm. but also you got to know, you know, how to remove the venom. Another thing is um. You said, um, you like, there's a, you know, there's no, you can't fit this in a class. And part of me thinks like the second it became a class, it would no longer be the thing because it's like a quote I remember seeing in college when I still wasn't sure about med school and I was, but I just kept going because I was scared to stop. And it was this quote and it was like, no professor is going to tell you which semester that you need to go find yourself. They're like, no one's there to tell you that. It's like you got to go take the tab of acid and sit in the woods by yourself. No one's telling mm-hmm. you, and that's one thing I've I've thought of over the years is like everything I've been through. Like it cannot be taught because the very it comes from saying fuck that to all formal um, institutionalized legitimacy. You can get a certificate. Like there's no like you don't get your there's no like hey you made it. Here's your made it diploma it's right. like no yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. the whole thing is you have to say fuck that and go i'm gonna do this thing that isn't a re isn't a, a real thing yet you know like joseph lister using like sanitizer right it's like you gotta and everyone is gonna call you a fucking idiot but it's like that's almost the thing is like if someone can teach you then that's not the real lesson because the real lesson is going out and there is no teacher and it's horrifying climbing up mount yes. everest is hard having it even with a sherpa it's hard but if you just discovered a mountain and you're like i'm gonna climb it but you don't even know if it can be climbed it might take ten thousand deaths before they go that one can't be climbed but there's no one to tell you you're like (laughs) you're like you know you're it's you and there is no sherpa you're like uh like so on top of being an arduous journey you don't even know if it can be done (laughs) the only way to find out is go up there and it might kill you but like it's 
and another thing you said is you got to know when to pull the ejection seat and that is true and that but that does not mean you're quitting you're pulling the ejection seat because you're going to go land in another jet and fly mm-hmm. something else i've pulled it took me a long time with several different companies i've formed over the years to pull the ejection seat and realize that like okay wait this isn't quitting this is i'm just looking at the re i'm looking at the writing on the wall and be like this one isn't working that didn't right, mean yeah. that didn't mean it's all over and i gotta go get a nine to five it just meant that one's not working get it or it, it means or it means like yeah you have to get a nine to five for a little bit yeah, stabilize yeah, yeah. back out and then lick your wounds get back in there yeah go um, back, yeah wrap them up and go back in you know it's yeah it, and, and that's the thing and if we're gonna talk like culturally i think that's something that we have lost over time and it's a negative byproduct of having such great technology because mm-hmm. it as we know more we almost become more risk aversive it's like when you're a little kid and like when i was a little kid my my grandparents had a pool the way they taught me how to swim is they just pushed me in and said swim yeah and i figured it out and it's all good yeah but i talked to a lot of people um or I've met a lot of people over the years, including like my wife and half her family who as adults can't swim. And I'm like, well, why can't you? And then now because they know somebody that's drowned or they know this risk or they know that risk, they just, it, they, it, it's hard to get over that. Mm. And with the, with an increased knowledge, I think comes a level of risk adversiveness because you know all the bad things that can happen, but you, it, you have to be willing at some points just to be like, look, I know there are risks, but I want the reward. So yeah. you you can't like you got to play to win at some point. Yeah. And I feel like we've lost we as a culture, we as a people um, have just lost that over the years. Um, if we're going back to like even thinking about like aerospace, for example. So back in the 60s when they were like really trying to figure out. Okay, so like they came up with jets around like the 40s and 50s, and by the 60s they were strapping rocket engines to planes and saying, "Fuck, let's do it." Like, but I mean, and but that came at a cost. You know, pilots were dying left, right, up, and down. I was, um, I'm still reading Neil Armstrong's biography, and he was talking mm. about like, yeah, they were going to a funeral like once a month for a pilot that he worked with because people were dying. Yeah, and now like yeah we have all these computers we can do all this great simulation before we before we actually build something and put it in the air but at the same time there's a less like like don't get me wrong test pilots now are are pretty ballsy but even test pilots now will say like guys back then were just made a different different stuff because they there were risks they didn't know they just had to do it yeah and i think I think in in my personal journey, that's one thing I've learned over the years. Because I mean, dude, like I was in med school, I was on the conveyor belt. All I had to do was sit down, shut the fuck up, smile, and survive. And mm-hmm. I'd be, I'm looking at you know, 180k minimum yeah. as a salary. Yeah. And so when I was like, yo, I can't do this anymore. There were a lot of people, and I, I'm not. I'm not talking bad about them, but to be honest, I had a lot of people who are close to me say like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? You got the golden ticket. Like, dude, don't, like, it was like, dude, you are going to fuck this up. Like, no, just stay where you are. Don't, don't, don't take that chance. And 
either way, I mean, like, yeah, if I end up successful and cool and the company takes off or I go to space or whatever, that's awesome. But if I don't, at least I can live knowing that, yeah. hey, like, I took that chance. Yeah. And because I think there are a lot of people, um, even like my dad included, who he, he, a brief story like my dad really really wanted to be an aerospace engineer he wanted to work on planes all that fun stuff and i don't know why but he eventually got to a point where he's like i don't think i can do this and so he went comps he went the comp sci route which was a lot safer it's guaranteed job good job all that and my dad has been very vocal throughout my childhood and my adulthood of how much he regrets not taking that risk when he was younger mm. and so seeing that growing up kind of formed me and it allowed me to say like hey i gotta take a risk like it may not work out it may crash and burn but i don't know if i can live i don't know if i can be completely safe and and live with the consequences of that like mm. i don't want to spend my entire life wondering what if yeah dude i remember i remember the last night of summer before my last semester of college so like august 2013 extra semester victory lap i remember i got <laughs> yeah and this is, was like now it's like crunch time was coming i was like i was i had already taken the mcat at this point i had some med school interviews lined up and it was like i guess i'm on the conveyor belt like i guess i've made up my decision like i'm just too much of a pussy to get off and it was just eating at me eating at me eating at me and i went out with my buddies in athens georgia and we got fucking shit canned off off orange cream pinnacle vodka and cream soda <laughs> And I remember, oh yeah, 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 and I remember coming back, and I was the first one back, and I just remember tearing through a bong, just like, just getting, putting myself on goddamn Pluto, and it was just, and you know, when you get high, and you can't ignore those things, where it's like, you don't want to do this, you don't want to do this, you don't want to do, you know you don't want to do med school, mm -hmm. pot doesn't let you ignore that, and I was just like, I don't want to think about it, I don't want to think about it, I was like, I'm just going to play some games, I opened up my laptop, and there was a picture on Reddit, and it, god damn if this wasn't like the universe, and it was just, it was just like a, you know, some quote over like a waterfall, but the quote was by Maya Angelou, and there is no greater pain than bearing an untold story. And I just remember staring at that, and I was just mm -hmm. like, I can no longer ignore it. And it still took me a couple more months to nut up and decide I wasn't gonna go, but I think that from that point that was like a thought that was like a splinter that was put into mm -hmm. my foot and it was like you can keep going like you can go to med school like you clearly are capable of doing it but it was like just know this splinter will be in your foot until the day you die yeah and it will it, it the only re the only way the pain will ever end isn't because you've reached peace on the day you die it will be that you died and that you no longer <laughs> have to feel the splinter but it was there is no greater pain than bearing an untold story and it was just like like I couldn't it was like having a ringing ear like I like for like weeks afterwards it just didn't matter where I went what I did it was just I could feel it it was just yeah. right, a splinter in my brain and it was just there is no greater pain than bearing an untold story and I was just like what what is my story like because I didn't even know what I wanted I didn't know I wanted to do a <laughs> podcast that was it was that much scary because I didn't even know what I wanted. It wasn't even like, I don't want to go to med school. I'm going to do what I really love. All right, well, what do you really love? Was, well, I don't even know that yet, but. <laughs> yeah, 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 same thing. Same thing here. Like, I had no, 
I had no clue. And I had to go back to the depths of my childhood to figure things out. And I'm still figuring things out. <laughs> and to be honest, like, once you get off the conveyor belt, and, and you know this, and this is just more for the audience, but you spend a long time thinking like, even though you know getting off the conveyor belt was the best decision, you still have nightmares about what it would be like to still be on. Like, yeah. dude, I had I had med school dreams and nightmares for years. And I was really like, dude, my, I still have a little bit of, um, I still have a little bit of trauma just from that experience because I'm like, oh my gosh, what, a, like, like we always say, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Like. <laughs> Uh, you know, you look at, like, I don't know, I look at my bank account and I went negative for the 18th yeah, time yeah. this month, and I'm like, Ooh. oh, yeah, but, you know, you just gotta, it, it's part of the process, and again, I, I have always felt an innate desire to, to, to quote-unquote be great. I, as vague as that sounds, I, I think it's a common human trait. But then as I'm getting older, I'm realizing like, yeah, you can have that, but there is a price to pay. Are you willing to pay this price? And part of that price is being, you know, being alone more often than not, or just feeling alone or seeing things in a way that nobody else is going to see it. And it's not in a, I can't see this, but I can't see this. And that's a bad thing. It's a, what the hell are you talking about? This things clearly work this way. It's being willing to challenge the challenge the norm, which, yeah, we say it all the time. Everybody wants to challenge the norm. It sounds nice in quotes, but then when you actually live this life, it's at times it's horrible because you're like, oh my god, like mm. you don't know what's going to happen. And I think one thing that we have to do is we have to we can't tell people how to how to get off the conveyor belt and live but we have to convince them that hey if you want if you want more you're going to have to or we have to tell them hey if you want more you're going to have to get off the conveyor belt at some time and this is what happened when i went off the conveyor belt these are the lessons that i've learned uh you may see it this way it may be different but you just got to be ready for the ride like yeah. we all celebrate the story the odyssey like yeah, actually, The Odyssey is like one of my favorite uh, pieces. It's one of my favorite books. Um, love classical uh, Greek literature. But, you know, we all appreciate The Odyssey looking at it, reading it from cover to cover. But sometimes I think about like, damn, like Odysseus was gone for 20 years. Like, and you can watch him like struggle with that. Like there are points where he there's one point in particular where he can see his home and then all of a sudden he gets blown off ship or blown off course and then he's off course for another uh, 10 years yeah. and it's like fuck like yeah we as the reader appreciate that but like how does it feel to live that and and i think you and i both are experiencing that now where we're living it we're like we're like fuck i don't know if i'm gonna get home but yeah. i'm gonna fight yeah. to the end because that's i yeah. mean that's the way i want to live life like I could be safe. I, I could play it safe entirely all the time, but then, you know, have I really lived? Yeah, it's it's absolutely true because, like, the hardest parts, like, there are obviously lows, but, like, the worst parts are the ones where you see home is where you see it and you're like, I made it. I fucking made it. So, and then no. <laughs> yeah. life 
a 900 pound linebacker just comes out of your peripheral and it's like you know surprise motherfucker and just <coughs> breaks your neck and you wake up in the woods just like huh you don't see the light anymore there's a squirrel fucking humping your leg and you're like where did i saw it though and then what's even worse is it'll happen a second time where you're like i see it and i'm not gonna make the same mistakes and then doosh, it just happens again to the point where now like I'm ha- my podcast is going well. I'm at 195 subscribers. And I'm like, I'm literally like looking over my shoulders because I'm like, where is where's the linebacker? Like, yep, where's it going? Where's it's it? coming. Yeah, but what I've realized is like, like football, like you can't hear footsteps. You know, when a receiver that you like, how come he didn't catch that? And it's like he heard footsteps. He knew he was about to get nailed, so he didn't catch it, so they couldn't touch him. I realized like, I can hear footsteps, but I'm like. I will never catch the ball if I it doesn't matter if it's happened five times and I there it is and I get hit the only time I will ever catch it is if I try to catch it because one of those times eventually it doesn't matter if I hear footsteps like he's gonna miss mm-hmm. right or the footsteps were just in my head so even now where it's like I'm I've almost become I mean dude I got I got into med school in 2013 this is I mean I'm going on seven years of this of just constantly getting close and failing but I've just like I was like, you know what, like I, I'm a little scared at my podcast because I'm like, it's, it's working. It's, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, you know what, I might get blindsided and get my fucking neck broken again. But the only way I will ever catch it and get the touchdown is if I try to catch it. Like, it's like what Steve Harvey said. He's like, if you quit, you quit. He's like, if you keep staying with it, you still might not make it. But the only way you can make it is if you stay with it. If you quit, right, yeah. you will 100% not get it that's and that's i mean that's what my logic is it's like it might take a year it might take five years it might take i mean i remember three i vividly remember in like august 2017 thinking i had finally like figured it out and i was like i was i remember thinking i was like and i was like so proud of myself and i was like i had a little company starting to form and i was like i was like i finally fucking made it and i was like how bad would it be if like this one didn't work and i was like oh i couldn't even imagine and now i'm looking back and i'm like you're not even going to start a podcast until December 2019. I was just like, you poor soul. But you can't look back at it like that. Um, you were talking about classical literature. Um, well, one thing I was going to say is I think the perfect quote to sum up everything you and I know is by Charles Bukowski. Mm-hmm. I think it's called Roll the Dice. There's like some guy reads it on YouTube. He's got like a deep gravelly voice. I'll send it to you. But it's, dude, it speaks to my soul. It's. Do you know who he was, Charles Bukowski? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, the way he talks about it, he's like, you face isolation, derision. He's like, you might lose your family, your wife, you might lose your mind, and he's just going on. And he's like, but if you succeed, he was like, the nights will, the nights will be filled with fire. You will be alone with the gods, and you will, and it will continue. You will, you will fall. You will spiral. You will something like you will spiral on. To perfect laughter he's like you have to you have to go for it and you almost have to have all these failures um one last thing is not the last thing i, I just gotta go to the bathroom in a second have you heard, <laughs> do you know the hero's journey by joseph campbell and it's it's his yes. like it, it is his like it, it can be found from the odyssey through like harry potter the hero's <laughs> journey something like 17 steps that has helped me enormously it's also driven me insane um, I don't really know where I was going with all that, but yeah, dude, you gotta, 
it's what you were saying actually yeah it's like we sort of lost that as a society to sort of push where where nothing has been pushed before that got me thinking like it's almost like a catch-22 like if we'd started to embrace that as a society it wouldn't be the same journey because part of the journey is everyone looking at you like you're a fucking moron because they don't see (laughs) they don't see the pile of gold you know if you if we're on a trail up a mountain and you point out a pile of gold on top of a different peak but it's just thick jungle you go i'm gonna go through there i go you're an idiot you might die but yeah man that is a big old pile of gold (laughs) it's another thing if you're like can you see the pile of gold i'm like what are you talking about And you're like i'm gonna go it's like you're gonna what you're gonna leave the the nice paved road to walk through a jungle you might die or get bit by a snake and you're like yeah there's gold and you're pointing exactly where you see the gold and i'm going i don't even it's a rock and you're like no it's gold Mm -hmm. that is the much harder part because it's i think part of the journey is is no one's going to condone your journey that's the thing is you're not a hero going off to war where it's like you know it's dangerous but it's admirable people are looking at you like you what it's you're, <laughs> like, yeah, you're chasing an invisible dollar bill you see it floating around and you're like oh a three hundred dollars they're like you're running into traffic <laughs> like you know it's yeah it's i don't know where i was going with that but yeah yeah and i, I think again I, you know I, i'm a big proponent of everything in moderation everything uh there's a balance to it all because at some points uh yep there's my dog hey, uh say hey to the people Hi. <laughs> but i uh, yeah, do you hold on for a second? Let me give. I don't give a shit. Yeah, but um, so yeah, it, it's it's a little bit of a balance because at some point, like, you have to realize, okay, I am chasing an invisible dollar bill, and I'm going onto the freeway during rush hour, and that might not be smart, but it, it so it, it's a really thin line and i think that again is where you you can't teach that that's just something that you, you have to learn over time and you for me i i i can't say that i've mastered that but i've learned that skill or i've learned that i need to learn that skill from reading about other people and the things that they accomplish or you know and, and it's not a, it's not just about accomplishing things it's about providing that that that, that bigger that bigger sense of hey i i'm gonna leave the world and i made a little change and mm-hmm. it's better because i made a change I, I think we all want to feel that but the question is how do you how do you make that happen and so again it's just you 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 study what other people have done to get a rough idea of what may come but ultimately it it's to, to each their own oh oh dude did you ever uh, watch um uh, dragon ball z no, I didn't. I know you're gonna hate me. I remember, yeah. Oh, dude, oh, I had uh, a perfect metaphor. Use like, it. Fuck it. That doesn't matter. Someone listening will. Yeah. So, uh, I in Dragon Ball Z they had this thing called like going Super Saiyan. I know so that. It's, yeah. Yeah. And so everybody, and one thing about it was everybody had a different reason that pushed them to that level and so like with goku it was his watching his friend get killed uh with vachita it was him trying so hard and then finally saying fuck it and when he said fuck it he just ascended to the next level but there are general traits that get you there like you had to be 
it's not like the Wikipedia where you had to be uh, you had to be a certain gosh how do I word this uh, you had to be strong enough you had to have reason enough and then you had to have something make you mad enough to trip you the first time mm. but either way everybody's reason is different and everybody's path to that higher level was was their own and so I think it works the same way with um, what we're talking about where everybody's path to that next level if you if you should seek it is going to be different like yeah there are some similar traits you have to you know you have to be willing to work you have to be okay with the fact that you're going to be alone you have to be crazy when people like you have to be crazy when other people are saying no that that's stupid don't do it yeah um but at the end of the day your path to that next level just is is yours and yours alone like mm. it's not going to be like you know, Bill Gates's path or Zuckerberg's or, um, you know, Michael Jordan's or whoever's, mm. it, 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 it's different. Yeah. And so, gosh, we're getting, we're getting really into like philosophy. That's so cool. Yeah, dude. That, that's what I fucking love about this podcast is having on air robots. Here we are, hour in philosophy, life motivation. Well, I don't give a fuck, dude. That's how we're rolling. Keep going. Right, but that but that's who we are as people. Like we're not just one dimensional. It's not just about the robots. It's not about the technology. It's not about it, it's not just about the science. There is the philosophy and the art and the how you how it makes you feel because um that like and that's one thing if we're going back to the robots that we're really trying to hit on as a as an organization and as a brand is we want to get beyond the technology because that's what makes you stick. If you make, if you start getting into people's feelings and you start invoking their emotions, doesn't matter. You, yeah. they will follow you for like, yeah. they, they will yeah. follow you. They'll believe in you. Yeah. Um, it may not always be logical. And then you start becoming invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's the same with SpaceX is it's like what draws engineers there isn't like one specific rocket. Like the technology changes it's the general flow the general vibe of like fuck everyone we're breaking all the barriers like we're breaking mm-hmm. we're doing shit unconventionally that's what that's that's why elon musk has an army other people have yeah. employees he has an army like yeah yeah and even so like um so with my with my intern experience at nasa which by the way if COVID doesn't destroy us all i get to go back this summer so yeah uh yeah asterisk but but um you know for me it's like yeah okay so you you like it's uh, the project that i'd be working on is again something with robots and using robots to build things in space but like when you step on center and you see the history and you're like holy fuck like people like this is where the moon landing happened like this is where katherine johnson figured it all out and you get that feeling of pride like the emotions that that experience it it brings up especially for me like dude i would when i'm up there i gladly put in 50 60 hour work weeks because it's like so many cool things are happening like i want to be a part of it it's making me feel a a bunch of ways like i don't care i don't get tired like i'll keep going yeah and so yeah Sorry, I'm gonna, so with, I opened my windows to let in some cold air, but I can hear birds chirping, and I know the microphone's going to pick it up. So I'm going to okay. close the windows. Keep talking. I can hear you. Keep talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No worries. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's invoking 
those emotions. It's 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 sharing the philosophy. It's having it, it's appealing to that humanity that takes any organization or brand and makes them essential. Yeah, it's 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 like what they used to say about um. They said Steve Jobs had what they called a reality distortion field and they said that when you were in his presence all of a sudden like you wouldn't be tired and you wouldn't have like negative like pessimistic like skeptical thoughts they're like when you were in his like they're like literally when you were in with like 10 within like 10 feet of them all of a sudden they're just like all you saw was like oh it can work like we can do it and like we can do it tonight and like and they're like and the thing is is like it would work they're like he literally had like a reality distortion. Like my friend Ivan is is was Mr. Bulgaria in 2015. He's a professional bodybuilder in Vegas. Six mm-hmm. four looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime. <laughs> He's fucking insane. I've worked, awesome. yeah, I, I've worked out with him before, and like, dude, like, not only do you push through like barriers, you break through them at light speed and you go forever because it's mm-hmm. just like there's there's like a certain collective energy. And it's like, you can tap into it. It's very real. It's not some, ooh, it's the energy, man. It's the vibe. Yeah, the, the hippie. Like, no. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, no, like you, like you said, dude, like going and working there, like it, you need less sleep. You work harder and faster. There's a legitimate, like, it's like a boost. It's like, you know, Hot Wheels, like, you know, mm-hmm. it goes through like the, the thing that speeds them up, but, it, but it's real. It's legit. It's a real thing. It's, um, and another thing I was going to say is, have you ever seen Deadpool? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I rewatched that the other night. That is kind of like the hero's journey. How they create the mutants, they put them through stress, and everyone's mm-hmm. journey is different. But that's what it is: is is everything compresses on you, and eventually you burst through, and you become unstoppable. But you have to you have to go through hell to get there. But when you break through, you I mean, you are a mutant. You are a superhero. It's or another uh, thing I wrote down was I've had on some nuclear scientists the last couple of days, and it's all this is kind of making me think of like nuclear uh, a nuclear chain reaction. Like you said, mm-hmm. when you're in the right spot, you can feel it speed up. The the right people, there's synchronicities, and it, it all starts. You start getting done in a day what used to take a year. It's and another terrible thing about the hero's journey is is like it's like the guy I had on was talking about nuclear fusion. He was like, we've seen the chain reaction. We just can't sustain it. He's like, but we know it exists. And that made me think of like all the times where like the thing that's kept me going is like I've tasted success. I've, I've, right. I've dipped yeah. my finger in the pool. Odysseus, he's seen his home. So like I know it's there. It's just heartbreaking when it pulls. But like the chain reaction has started a couple times and then fizzled out. But I know it's there. So it's like, and what happens when you do succeed? It turns into a nuclear fucking bomb, yes. Bright, brighter than the sun. You can wipe out cities. It's, mm-hmm. it's you know. So you go from like dynamite to all of a sudden the power of the gods, and like that's another thing I feel about it is like, I think it's a lot like a nuclear chain reaction. Is it? It takes forever to get going, but once you get it going, if you can sustain it, it's. I mean, it, it you it can become the power it's like Oppenheimer said the power the power is heretofore reserved for the gods but that's what it is like yeah you know look at someone like Joe Rogan or The Rock or you know other like yeah. like 
they've hit that level of just like nuclear fusion. They're like sustained energy. But like you have to go through fucking hell to get there first. But if you can stick with it to the chain reaction, like nothing can stop you. You you become brighter than the sun. It's just the years leading up to it. It's the unsexy part. That's where you and I are. <laughs> like you know. Yeah. It's yeah. It's. But, I mean, as crazy and as bad as we make it out to be, you have to wonder like if it's so bad and it's so painful. The only logical thing you can think of is, well, why are these two still doing it? Oh, the goal, the goal must really be worth it. Yeah. If if, if we're just sitting here talking for an hour and a half about how painful it is, and it's like, but you're still doing it, and we both say without without missing a beat, yes, and I will do it until I die. Yeah, it's like, like, oh man, it's like, then they like we're chasing Valhalla, like it's, it is a goal that it transcends life. It's it's a personal it's. I mean, in a lot of ways, it is sort of like, it's like a personal enlightenment. It's an ascension. Yeah. It's level up. Level up. That's that's what, yeah, you level up. Yeah, you, you, you want you want to be on that higher, you want to be on that higher level. Yeah. And there are, one thing that I, I've realized is, and it's not bad per se, but there are people who are perfectly happy where they are. They're like, look, I've worked hard. It's stable life is good i have no complaints and i honestly if i can be honest sometimes i wish that i could be that way sometimes i wish that i could stay on want to stay on the conveyor belt because then it would just be it would be simple it wouldn't be stressful it 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 would it would just be straightforward and easy but well not even straightforward and easy it just would be straightforward yes and that's something that over the years I've just accepted that there there is a core part of me that just would not be satisfied. And it's not to say that that's wrong or evil or that those people are complacent or bad. No, like everybody, everybody has the right to choose how they want to live their lives. It's their lives. It's just with me. There is a part of me where I'm like, there's gotta be something to chase. There's, Mm -hmm. I, I'm not trying to get somewhere and just level off. I want to go as high as I can possibly go. I, I don't ever want to reach the finish line. Right. I want to get closer it's, to it. I want to touch it. Yeah. But I don't want to get off the treadmill. I want this fucker to... It's, we, it's, I talked to a guy the other day, Warren Eshpeter, who's uh, building a meme satellite. Literally a CubeSat. It's going to be yeah, back I saw memes. that. I saw the previews for that. I got to yeah, go back yeah, and yeah, watch yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that guy's a funny motherfucker. Um, <laughs> but we talked about the same thing. And he's like, dude, I'm just not happy, like, getting a job where all my other friends are just, you know, okay, we're engineers. He's like, I got to be chasing. And I'm like, dude, it's the same. And it took me really probably until this last year of my life. So I'm 29 and a half now. It probably took me till I was 29 to finally realize that the people that don't operate the same way that I do, that does not mean that they're lazy or bad or have any negative traits. And it's embarrassing right. that it took me almost three decades to realize that they're like they're different from you, and that's what's good for them. They love their they love their nine to five Monday through Friday as much as I love chasing the peak of Mount, you know, Olympus. It's. Mm-hmm. And when I realized that, it's like, oh, they would be as unhappy doing this as I would be doing that. And when I finally realized that, 
that made things a lot better too. I was like, oh, we, we just have different goals and neither of them are objectively better. It's just right. mine's better for me, yours is better for you. And that has also helped me a lot with plowing through criticism because I'm like, who's mm -hmm. criticizing me? Is Elon Musk looking at me going, do your dreams retarded? Then I'd be like, oh, fuck, you know, <laughs> you know, the dreamer told me to stop dreaming. But, you know, once I realized like a lot of people shitting on me are people who, who just have different goals. Mm -hmm. They're going up to the North Peak and I'm going up to the South Peak and they're going, you're an idiot. I'm like, what's helped me realize is like, well, we're going to different peaks. Like, well, right. Of course, you're going to think I'm an idiot. Like, yeah. Yeah, that was the end of that. <laughs> no, 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 no worries, man. Like, yeah. um, and then one thing too, like, and, and this comes from, so I, being married, one of the awesome things is I have a wife who will always tell me the truth mm -hmm. and she will anchor me before I float off into oblivion. Yeah. And one thing that she told me is that, because we, we were having a conversation and she said, well, one thing that I fear about you is the fact that you'll never be happy because you're always going to be chasing something. And I thought about that and I, and I could see the concern. Um, I think I think one thing, though, that I'm realizing is that for me personally, the happiness comes just from the thrill of the chase. Like, yeah. It's it's about the it's about the process, not necessarily the end result. So, like, um, brief example: my wife and I, we have very different philosophies on DIY work. Mm -hmm. um, my wife is like, look, I do DIY if it's cheap or if it lets me get something that I can't get, and I really hate the process. And basically, she'll find furniture, and if it's not easy to stain, sand, and paint, she's like, nope, I'm not doing it. Me, on the other hand, like I just built a workbench in my garage. Like I bought the wood, sawed it myself, like messed up a few things. And we were talking about that. And I was like, well, for me, it's the process. I don't really care if the workbench is perfectly straight or I did. Well, I do care. But, you know, for me, the satisfaction isn't in having this perfect piece. It's the process of creating my own, what I've learned. Um, I've you know, I have learned a lot about woodworking just from that single project. And it's that process that for me, that's the thrill. That's where it's like, oh, this is awesome. Like now I have a workbench and it's cool. And it's like, yeah, whatever. I put stuff on it. I, I build my robots on it, but it's not as it's not as thrilling as when I was building it because it was like, yes, it's it's learning something new. Yeah. It's it's just yeah, it's man. that chase. It's that yeah. goal that you're striving for. Yeah. And I, yeah, I've thought about what your wife said is you'll never be happy. And I've, I contemplate that a lot too. And I realized was, is yeah, I, happiness, like it's not that I'll never be happy. It's I think I'll always be happy because I'm always, now there's a certain level. Mm -hmm. Like right now, you know, I live in my parents' house. I'm almost 30 years old. Yeah, I don't have a social life. I don't have a girlfriend. I don't, you know, I don't have a pop in anything. Right now, you know, it's very true that like I'm grinding 24 seven because it's like, dude, I want to just live by myself. I had more freedom when I was 19 and in college. It's like, dude, I feel like I'm yep. in middle school again. But like, yep. so for that level, you're right. No, I will not be happy until I get out of here, until I have my own apartment, until I get a girlfriend, until I have a social circle again. Like, but even once I achieve all of those, I'm still going to keep chasing a goal. It probably won't be as absolutely fanatical. Because, mm -hmm. like, I do want to be able to 
slow it down at some point and uh, you know, yeah. have a girlfriend, have a meaningful relationship. It's just there's different tiers. It's like right now, like I got to get the fuck out. But once I get <laughs> I to that point, like... it's like it's I will be happy. And it won't be like once this podcast earns enough money to give me a shitty apartment, like I will be happy in that like I have gotten out maybe get a girlfriend get some friends just anything just have a life again but i'm still going to keep aiming to make the podcast the fucking biggest one in the world because that's who mm-hmm. i am i have to have this goal and that doesn't mean that that's all i'm going to do 24 7 no i would love to have a normal life again but when everyone else is going back to work i just want the thing i'm going back to to not be and we're on the podcast and another episode every day is like how many more viewers can I get? Can I get some more subscribers? Who's the next guest? Like, grow this motherfucker. Like, it's, you have to yeah. keep it alive, man. It's just, that's how I operate. You know, it's, you know, it's, you know, it's someone like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos. Like, they have all the money in the world. Like, they're not going for money. Anyone that's like, they're greedy. It's like, dude, they're not, continu- no, they it's <laughs> yeah. like, they're not continuing to work to make money. It's like, why do they need more? They're billionaires. It's like, dude, they're not billionaires who are working more. They're crazy they're crazy determined driven dreamer people who just so happen to make a billion dollars in the process but the reality is is they're going to keep going the billion was a side effect the billion wasn't the goal the billion was a side effect it's and that's how i feel i am is like i yeah it's i am happy it's but that's just how i am and like like you the worst part of like a video game is when i beat it and I'm like, yes, I just and I'm like, uh, I'm like, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> now what? I, I, dude, I just I so I found Banjo Kazooie on the nice. Xbox Store, nice. like classic, and it was remastered for Xbox One. So I've been playing it. I, I think I've sent, I've sunk about twenty five hours into it, and I beat it yesterday. And I was like, now what? Yeah. Now what? <laughs> yeah. No. And the, and the criticism is is like, see, you'll never be happy, and it's like, no, I. I'll always be happy because I just find things to chase. Right. And, it's, and yeah. another thing, so with the happiness, it, it, for me, partially, it's finding a new thing to chase. But then another thing, too, is like moments like this where I get to go and reflect and share everything yeah. that I've been through. And when I sit down and think about it, it's like, holy yeah. shit, like, I've been through a lot. Yeah, That's like, I, I I remember again if we're talking because going back to the classical literature like one of the themes that I really extracted my first time going through the Odyssey was the concept of living a full life and so that's always been an internal goal of mine ever since I was like 14 or 15 it's like I said yo I want to get to a point where when I die and my life flashes before my eyes I want to be like that shit was awesome you be like damn yeah. <laughs> and so when I think about everything that's happened, um, because for me, med school was 2014 to 2015, everything. And even then, like there was a few years where I was living with my grandparents and I wasn't sure what was going to happen next. And so just looking back on the collective um on the collective body that is my life. And I talk about all the things, or thinking about all the things that I've done, the places that I've been, the experiences that I've had, like that makes me really happy because like, yeah, as I'm living it now, it sucks once I, like I said, when I, when I overdraft for the 18th time, but then when I think, damn, I went through all of this and I'm still kicking, like that just makes me proud. And it's like, I, 
it makes me realize that I'm well on my way to accomplishing that goal that I set when I was 14, 15 and said like, Hey, I want a full life. Um, so far I can, I can say that my life has not been boring. There are boring parts, but overall it's a hell of a story. And I mean, I couldn't ask for more. So yeah, no, I'm with you, man. It's like, there's no, there's no like fear of death because I've done it and like I'm not where I want to be yes like it's not like I've made it yet but in terms of like if death comes knocking and it's like oh why I ran out of time like there is no yeah let's go (laughs) yeah there is no there is no fear of that like even I was just thinking like coronavirus like I was thinking like I was like let's say like this I was like I was just thinking like the other week I was like what if this is like just the end of the fucking world I remember thinking I was like I'm upset because like I haven't got to like blow up my podcast yet and like get my own apartment and build a room specifically for Xbox like you know just like shit like that but I was like there's no like oh no wait I I still wanted to do this one day it's like no it's I did everything I wanted to do like there's no there's a certain piece that all of the insane when I look back and I'm like Dude, I got in a med school. I'm like, dude, I got in a pharmacy school. I'm like, dude, I published research that you can find on PubMed. Like, dude, mm-hmm. I ran, I started a, a, a 5013C charity for mental health. Like, dude, I've like, I've created a graphic design business. Like, my subreddit has 17,000 pe- or 19,000 people in it. Like, I've grown my podcast. Like, I'm like, God damn, like, it's a story. And I'm like, it's been yeah. soul crushing at times more times than i'd like to admit but goddamn, when it's all said and done man like my life is something that like it's not like well, why would i want to like you know like me like i can't listen to my podcast because like i already know them like i know the conversation for me like my life is something i could watch despite having lived it like that's something that like i could watch i'm like because it's good it's fucking good it's insane yeah. it's funny it's heartbreaking but it's good um, I was gonna say, you know, who David Goggins is. I can't say that I do, but he is just, he is a modern day Spartan. Okay. He had uh, Navy Seal Ranger. He's super. You need to look him up. He's awesome. He's fucking insane. He is insane. Um, but he he had a thing where he's like, you know, he's like, I believe when we die that we go to heaven and there's a God. He's like, whatever that God may be, it's different for everyone. Whatever. And he's like, and you go to that creator, and the creator has like a list, and it says like what you were supposed to be, or what you could have been. And he's like, for me, because at one point he was like a 300 pound guy spraying for cockroaches at like Steak and Shake. And he's like, for me, if I died then, it would go up and say, hey, you were supposed to be 185 pounds, retired Navy SEAL, Army Ranger that runs ultra marathons, but you just didn't go through the pain long enough. He says, oh fuck, like I could have done that. He's like, for me, what I want to do is I want to die and go up there and I want the creator to be looking at the list and go I didn't see this coming <laughs> like I had you down for 185 Navy SEAL he's like I didn't have ultra marathon down he's like that's what he says he's like I want to go up there and I want the creator to look at me and smile and go I know everything and I didn't see that coming he's like he's like so I want my like my fate written in stone I literally want to go up there and have the gods be like uh so he did some more everyone else either very few most people we tell them what they could have done and they're sad very few people we say hey you did it all and they know like they know actualization they know enlightenment 
I want to go up there and have them be like, uh, you did what? <laughs> that wasn't <laughs> Wait, in the what? script. You can do that? That wasn't oh, in the script. Like, I'm the director. <laughs> I just watched the movie. That I did not write that ending, and but that ending was fantastic. That's what I want, man. I want, you know, I don't want to, you know, like, I want to, you know, to finish and be like, oh, you know, you could have been a doctor. Oh, and but yeah, you could have made a podcast. Cool. I want to be like, you made a podcast, but like, what? You also made like a dent in like mental health care, or you know, you also. Like me and the guy uh, or the guy that's building the satellite we're fucking around talking about how can we build the fastest satellite ever launched by man and I'm having a <laughs> rocket scientist on Tuesday that's going to help me this guy's friends with Bob Lazar and oh, uh, wow. yeah because I was just like how cheap could it be what if we could build a satellite that's pure mission with speed but I was just like I want shit to be like I want to die and be like so you did it you you nutted up you, you decided not to go to med school you built the podcast that was the journey you built a satellite and you helped change mental health care and you did X, Y, and Z. I didn't see that coming. Like, that's what I want. I want to, I want to go up there and be like, yeah, you know, sorry, I'm not sorry about it. Like, you know, like <laughs> that's what I want. Man. And I think that's what you want is, yeah, it's just, I don't know where the fuck I'm going with this. <laughs> no, man, let it, let it ride, man. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Like good conversation, man. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I want a similar thing. I, 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 I never thought about it exactly that way, but hearing it from your perspective, I'm like, yeah, like I, I wanted to be like, oh, I didn't see that coming, yeah. but that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> welcome. Yeah, yeah, welcome. But, that was nuts. <laughs> you know, here you sit in the big chair. You sit in the big chair, man. You know, <laughs> let's see what you can write. Like, that's what I want, man. Uh, that's what I want. Is I want, yeah, I want God to look at me and go like, I didn't see that coming, man. Like I created the dinosaurs. I did not see that coming. Like, you know. It's like, dude, I built a T Rex, but I did not see that coming. Yeah, I thought I, about yeah, a T Rex. That's what I want. I, yeah, I want like a fist bump. Like, that's what I want. It's just like respect like that's how crazy I want my life to be. And but to do that, you also have to completely you have to be married to the insanity. You have to acknowledge that it's always gonna be fucking nuts. But the thing is is like once you get to a certain level, like, I do think it does get easier. You, Elon Musk, he can now do crazy shit. And people are like, oh, yeah. a, a much smaller percentage of people are like, that's crazy. Now people are like, yeah, he'll do it. You know, like, you know, it's like, so now when he says, like, I want to build tunnels under L.A. or I want to launch, launch a colony on Mars. Now people are like, ah, yeah, he'll probably, yeah. He'll probably do it. It's yeah, just, it's, yeah. it's when, not if. That's like, so like, I do believe it does get, I don't think it's always a vertical climb like where we are right now. I do think it gets to a point where it's like, you can always be the dreamer and it, like, it doesn't always have to be this like ninth round, two black eyes. Like you, you can get better and better at it to where you just, I want to get to the point in my life where like, I want to interact with the world like you do in like a sandbox game where you can just build anything or just cause you can put like balloons and rockets on a bus and like turn it into you can literally like you can put like balloons rockets on a bus and then like mount a minigun you can literally make like a floating gunship like like I, I want to interact with the world in a way that like it turns into my playground yeah that's what I want so, so you want to be like Elon and Bezos yeah. basically and I, want it yeah, to, and I want it to all be for good like I, yeah. want, I want to show people that like you don't have to be like evil you don't have to be lex luther like i am worth a trillion dollars i want to show that like you you can have a ball doing it and it can all be for good like that's what i want to do as i really do yeah i want i want the world to 
you know, like I'm not a product of environment. My environment's a product of me. Like that's what mm-hmm. I want. I want to press, I want to leave a fingerprint on the world and for the better, like, Yeah, I, I'm the same way too. Like I've never, so in in my in my older age, like me almost being 30, like I realized that I don't necessarily want to be really really rich or world famous, but I just want to leave, like you said, some fingerprint somewhere that meant something. And one thing that, again, um, my wife is incredible because she she challenges me and she she makes me think about things in a different way. But she's like, well. What if it's not necessarily supposed to be you? What if it's supposed to be like, what if you have this idea, this feeling, and it's a value that you pass on to your kids or your grandkids, and then they go off and rewrite history? You played your part. Yeah. And so I was like, and, and in thinking about that, because again, um, going, I'm going through Neil Armstrong's book, and they spend a really long time going through his genealogy, And at some point, like you're looking at his great grandfather and it's like, did that person have an inkling of a feeling that in a couple generations, like their great grandson would be the one to walk on the moon? Or was it like, I don't know, like, I I feel like maybe this desire for maybe this desire to push to be on a higher level, if I push and don't get there, if it's something that's palpable or observable to somebody else, maybe that's what pushes them. And who knows, that's the person who walks on Mars, or that's the person who says, I got it, this is how we fix global warming. Like, so it's, I'm definitely learning to have a broader perspective on just this sense of self-actualization and what that really means. Like, um, I'm learning that it's not just about me. It could very well be that I am the prototype for something better. And I have like some of the core characteristics, but then flaws, but then over time, the the design gets reiterated. I can't help but sound like an engineer here. Thanks, no, school. Yeah. Uh, but over time, like things get re- things go through like rounds of redesign, and then you get this really great product. Like I, so there, there's the possibility for that, and I, I accept that as well. Yeah. Although it would be cool to be the one to like go to that next level, but it may not be me, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah, I totally get what you're saying, and. For me, I look at it as like, it's as long as I hit my subjective level, like I may reach a point one day where I realize that, oh, it's my son that's going to be the person that does this. But as long as I am happy with like, I did like, I don't give a shit if it's me or like my great grandchildren. For me, there's a personal like in David Goggins, he's like, there's no finish line. He's like, I'm not searching for a finish line. I'm searching for a feeling. For me, it's mm-hmm. not, it's, it's as, as long as I feel like I did, I did the thing and I, and I became what I was supposed to be. I don't care what that is. That might ultimately be, I find peace in gardening and no one mm-hmm. ever hears of me again. But for me, it's like, if I find that personal peace, I don't give a shit. Then it wasn't like, oh, you didn't become a billionaire and change mental health. Yeah, no, no, no. For me, it was to become a gardener in Iowa, whatever. Like that. So 
yeah, for me, it's maybe it's me. Maybe it's my maybe it's someone listening to this podcast. I don't know. Dude, the biggest influence on me that actually got me to start thinking about I don't like med school. I don't want to do this. It was December 2011 when I fucking heard Joe Rogan for the first time. His podcast was barely a year old. He's the motherfucker that starts sowing seeds into my brain. Who's to say that I don't influence something and that's directly attributable to him? And yeah, he can look yeah. at it one day and go, oh, this one of my billions of listeners, I changed. Or maybe it's, I changed someone. So it's, yeah, I think as long as you can push the ego out of the way and be like, yeah, it might not be me. But if you're still happy with it, then I don't think it matters. I don't think it yeah. matters at all. It's it's personal. I am like, it doesn't matter if I'm not the one that walks on Mars. I can walk on my subjective metaphorical Mars. Does that right. make sense? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, and that's the other thing is like, you have to be okay with knowing that, yeah, it might not be you. That's part of the risk. That's part of the journey. You might do the right. whole thing and, and you might get it's killed. It's the price you pay. You might get your head chopped off 10 feet before the finish line. And you can't go, well, is that worth the risk? Is that worth the risk? It is once you realize that, oh, you never really gave a shit about the finish line. It was just knowing that you went on the race. If you got to the finish line, cool. But for me, it would be. it doesn't matter if I die. It's like I had the balls to do it. Had the balls to right. get off the conveyor belt up. Here's two hundred thousand dollars. You're a doctor. Like <laughs> for me, it's like I've already I already have all the personal accomplishment that I want. I'm like I fucking I jumped off the cliff. Like I, you know, don't get me wrong, I want to succeed more. <laughs> like, for, but yeah. like in terms of like, yeah, no nah, man, the entire thing is like I don't give a fuck. Like I went for it. I fucking yeah. Went, I went for it. Like that's yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's about having the. Uh, it's about having the courage to actually live. In my opinion, yeah. like we, for me, that that's. Like I don't care. I I don't care if I make the jump. I don't care if I miss the jump. The point is that I jumped, and mm -hmm. I'm not going to live the rest of my life thinking what happens if I would have jumped. Yeah, and um, so. Again, like oh, every this whole this whole venture, the the company and engineering and giving up med school and then the space stuff, like I like yes, of course I'm chasing for more. Like yes, I want the company to take off. Yes, I I I want to I want to play a bigger part in in, in human space exploration. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the fact that I said, hey, this is where I want to be, and I took steps to at least put myself in the general direction. Like, I'm happy as is. Like, I'm not, I'm not striving for happiness as much as I'm striving for more because, mm -hmm. and I, I'm just striving to get things done because what I, in a weird way, the decision to strive has made me happy enough. Yeah, there's a person. It's like I'm yeah. just going for bonus points here. Exactly. Right, at this point. It's like when you, yeah, again, playing a video game and you break the high score. Right, so I was playing Just Cause last night. Just Cause Four, it mm -hmm. looks fucking amazing on Xbox Xbox One X on a 4K TV. Oh, oh, but like okay. I've already beat yeah, I've already beaten the game. So I was just fucking around yesterday, just trying to you know beat like personal like you know records and stuff. And one of them was like, you have a wingsuit with rockets on it, but and you can get a you can get a you can get a, an accomplishment. It's for like number of consecutive kills without dying and without using bullets and like my one before that was like 31 or something and i just kept like 
and that, that stood for like a year and I finally broke through it yesterday and I got to like 32 and I kept playing and it wasn't like it wasn't like oh like well when am I going to be happy I'm like no I'm already psyched I broke the record yeah, but now yeah. I'm like no, I just want to go for bonus points and it's like if I die I die but it's like I just want to go dude I ended up getting up to 300 <laughs> I fucking played for like six hours you know what I'm going to do after this podcast I'm going to go try to break that fucking record again because there's nothing yeah. fun about accomplish I want to break and I'm going to try to break it and once I get above 300 I'm going to keep going because like that is in itself there's a certain peace and fulfillment that I don't I don't think you can describe it's just like I made the jump even if this doesn't work and that's the other thing is like I never look when people are like well, what if this never works what if like this is failure to me the only time it can ever be said that it didn't work will be if I died if I die and I have not accomplished it yet but to me as long as I'm still alive I can keep trying and therefore you can never quite say it's a failure yet I just haven't gotten it yet you know it's it's I've I've I kept going so for me there failure literally does not exist as a possibility in my timeline I either die and then I'm a failure but I'm no longer around to experience being a failure it's yeah. like I never gave up I someone can kill me sure but like you can't say you broke me like i've gotten close but like i always get back up and keep going so for me there's no fear of like what if this doesn't work or what if you're not the one because all that means to me is like if it if, is if it happened hasn't happened that just means it hasn't happened yet that's all mm -hmm. it means to me when you decide when you close it up and say it can't be done and you just you submit and don't it's not like go get a nine to five for a little while and then you you know lick your wounds get back ready to come out when you close the laptop and say you know what you're right i'm just gonna go get a nine to five forever that to me is failure but the only person that gets to decide that is you yeah even if you have to go get a nine to five for 10 years and lick your wounds as long as you're still scheming you still got your notebook and you got an idea. Maybe this yeah, can work. You, you, Maybe you this can work. Going. I can fucking... Maybe this can work. I can... You know, you're an insane person, but, you know, then eventually, what do you do? You invent the fucking light bulb and it's just, like, glory. Like... Yeah. Yeah, man. It's... Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and again, like, this is... These are... These are little things that we try to teach and yeah. we, we don't necessarily get as explicit because again, a 12 year old sure. cognitively, they're not there yet to sure. understand, but the, the whole concept of yes, you like, there is a world of ridiculous possibilities out there and you, as cliche as it sounds, all you have to do is try, like you, you will fail. It won't work in a lot of cases, but every now and again, you if you try hard enough, you will get something and you'll be happy with yeah. it. So I, I don't know, man. It's just, it, it, and I think that that is just, again, there's no school for how to be, how to get off the conveyor belt and live and be happy with it. But I think little things like what we do with the brain robots at least show some of the details of that process. Mm. So I, I'm really excited to see how, how things develop with it. I, I'm really, uh, the kids are all excited. Like, again, it, it's opening up that world of possibilities because there's, it, and one thing I always like to tell kids too, because of course, like I do the same 
not the same presentation or spiel, but I, they're very similar. So I'm like, have you ever wanted to have superpowers? And every kid is like, yeah, because who doesn't want superpowers? Mm. And then I asked them, well, what if I told you you could make your own? Mm. And then all of a sudden you just watch like the light bulb go off and they're like, oh my God. Yeah. And you see the world, it's like you unplug them from the matrix yeah. and they see they see what it really is. Yeah. And so that's that's the goal that we're we're striving for. That's the, with the technology. Uh, that that's what we want. We want to unplug. We want to unplug specifically in this phase of the company. Uh, since we're focusing heavily on ed tech, we we want to unplug the students and show them what they're really seeing and mm. what really is out there for them mm. to grab. Mm. Okay, so it is called cogito. Have you ever heard of the phrase cogito ergo sum? I think, therefore, I am. Yes. Yes. So that's where it comes from. How do I spell it? I want to look it up. C O G I T O. I don't know if that's how you actually pronounce it, but that's what I heard on a YouTube video. So we're gonna roll with that. <laughs> spell it again. I I, I plotted it. How do you spell C O G O? C O G I T O. C O G I T O. Cogito. It's good enough for me. Yeah, yeah, I mean, hey, yeah, that's Latin's a dead language, so yeah. I don't know if anybody knows how to actually pronounce yeah, it. But gives a shit. Yeah, but yeah, man, like, so what? What are you guys doing? Like, what are some? I don't know. What are some? Because you're doing two things that are very different, but obviously intertwined. And one is inspiring kids to get into science, and the other is robots controlled by our brainwaves. Are is there a bigger picture for the robots controlled by your brainwaves? Is it purely to inspire kids to get into science? Is that just a side effect? Like it's outreach, but you guys also want to, you know, you have a vision to become this huge fucking company and you have like, you have these like, like SpaceX. Like I'm sure I, I can only imagine that they have a number of people that go out to like kindergartens and stuff and like, but that's not why they exist. That's just an awesome thing they do on the side, but it's not why they exist is because I've heard you talk about the outreach to kids, but I'm just curious, like, like, what what else is there? What's the what's the plan for the company? I, I, that's what I'm interested in now. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, um, primarily, the the company exists to create technology that you can control with your brain. Skynet. And so, huh? I said cough. Skynet. Cough. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. Um, and the robots were the first thing that we made, and we've expanded off to video games. We, uh, yeah. They keep talking. Expanded off to yeah. video games, yeah. Uh, we've, I mean, video games. We, we eventually, our big vision is to actually get into um, therapy. So whether whether it's actual behavioral therapy, so working with students that have um, attention deficit disorder. Or even if it's some kind of clinical therapy, so helping um, people as they're recovering from strokes, or if they're having, if they're dealing with um, things like uh, MS, uh, Parkinson's disease, like brain diseases that deteriorate the, deteriorate the brain, we would mm. hope that our tools would actually help them exercise their brain. Mm. So, with this technology, we're primarily we're primarily marketing as a brain exercise tool because that's legally what we can do but under this 
under this umbrella where we're gaining exposure and traction and eventually we want to do studies and get data and say hey we if we have the data and it backs us to say that we can be a therapy tool then we we're now a therapy tool mm. and so since the technology is cool and interesting we we're using it with students to a get ourselves out there but then b that's how we generate a lot of our revenue to fund some of our bigger ventures. Mm. What, what, what are some things on the horizon for you all? Um, so I, ironically enough, and I think everything happens for a reason, a girl that I was really close to in med school, she was like a little sister to me. Um, she's now a neurology resident at Wake Forest and yeah. she saw our robots on Instagram and she was like, yo, Fuck we gotta yeah. do a study. Fuck yeah. So, um, now of course with with corona and everything mm. um we yeah we got to hit the pause on yeah. that like yeah. damn corona yeah. but um eventually we want to if we have that connection i also have another friend who is uh in residency for psychiatry so just starting to slowly uh break ourselves into the clinical realm like that that's our next goal mm. oh, oh also oh yeah i forgot a bit of a spaz here sorry um so there was we did a demo for an outreach program and one of the people there was the south carolina school counselor of the year and she saw our work and she's like hey i'm really interested um teaching kids how to focus if you tell a kid to pay attention that's such an abstract concept to yeah. uh to like a 10 year old like what does that actually feel like um she said that she thinks that there's great potential in our technology to help get rid of the abstraction and so with that she's like hey i want you to come in and work with my students um she wants to generate papers um, from the psychological side, not necessarily the clinical, is it physically making the brain stronger, but how is it making students feel? Do they actually think that using a tool like this can help them uh, focus better in the classroom? And um, just, just things like that. And so she's very well connected. She's like, hey, I can get you access to state legislators and we can get on some grants and some research papers and conferences like yeah. and so we're like okay <laughs> synchronicity yeah what what would what is that what will that look like um help kids focus and pay attention like what what all what all would that look like so it's essentially um the thing that i always pitch with is what do you do when you want your body to be strong work out right and so what do you do when you want your brain to be strong work out your brain exactly so this would be kind of a workout for the brain um one thing when we build the robots and they respond to how focused you are uh, one thing that i've realized is that different people have different things that make them focus mm. and so if one person's like hey to pay attention i really have to look at what i'm trying to pay attention to i that could be a that could be something that the robots can help the students discover or maybe a student realizes like hey the robot works better for me if i'm writing down what i'm trying to do or if i'm writing down as i'm watching something so maybe i need to write down things or draw when i'm in class mm. Mm. things like that yeah how yeah now how what 
how would you use it for something like um yeah because <clears throat> i'm trying to think of like brain workouts because i remember in college just studying all day i used to literally <clears throat> switch up the different types of schoolwork i was doing into like three or four different kinds and I would cycle them out every 90 minutes. So if I was doing blunt memorization, didn't matter what, what it was for, if I was memorizing math equations, physics equations, organic chemistry, whatever, if the act was memorization, that would be one block. And like a workout, you know, your biceps tired, all right, now move on to your deltoid, whatever. Mm-hmm. Once I'd hit that point, I would, I would jump to like, uh, you know, like, abstract reading or something or you know literature whatever i had to do for that class and then the next then like a third type was like problem solving and that could be organic chemistry that could be physics math that could be balancing chemical equations whatever and then yeah and then like the fourth type was like was like drawing and that was like biochemistry organic chemistry yeah molecular bio yeah but what i would do is i would flip so it didn't matter what the course was it was because each course I would do the different types of learning with depending on what the test was on but I would do the types of learning and I would separate them each by like 90 minutes and I, then I could come full circle and start again and by the time I came full circle that brain that part of the brain was it was almost like it was refreshed it was like I came back to the bicep mm-hmm. and I could find that I could go that's I mean for me there was a purpose to this it was how so I can study for 12 hours it was how do I do this well I break it up into like workouts um what would you be able to do for someone yeah like you know i guess elderly people or some or anyone with like an atrophied part of their brain are there like different things like hey focus on the robot and you know are there different ways to activate different parts of the brain so it'd be like you need to work on this part Yes. So that's something we're actually in the process of um, really delving into right now. Um, One thing is, so with the headsets that we use, we have access to um, how focused they are, how relaxed they are. We can also, we have access to data that senses whether or not they're, they're anxious. Um, Also there, there were a whole bunch of different emotions that the, that the headset can read. And so what we're in the process of looking at now is how to integrate those emotions into the robot. Mm. Um, So that's one way is we can work on saying like, okay, you need like paying attention works out this part of the brain. So let's have you pay attention. Okay. Relaxing works out this part of the brain. Let's have you relax. Mm. Um, And then another thing too, was within the robots, we were designing different modes. So one of the modes is, hey, um, just you have free control of the robot. You can make it go one direction or the other. Another mode is, hey, you can now make the robot turn. And so that makes it a little bit more complex. So you have to switch between your how you're thinking. So uh, which brain waves and which part of the brain is working mm-hmm. to actually make the robot function the way that you want it to. And then another mode that we had started, we we put this on the drawing board and we're definitely excited about it is a, it's like a little Simon says where the robot does something and each action is mapped to a specific brain wave or a specific brain activity center. Mm-hmm. Like, or what I'm trying to say is like part of the brain that lights up mm-hmm. and then you would have to then do the same action oh, to make it's like bop it but yeah. with your brain. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So when you're saying like the robot, 
like turning does that mean like if it's going through a maze or something and it'd be like all right to go forward i have to i don't know like i have to focus on like stillness and then like to turn i have to like visualize something because that would be a different part of the brain is, is that what you mean i'm trying to follow this is this is above my head. This is I'm trying to oh, stay yeah, with. I'm it's trying above to stay my with. head too. Like I, I'm, I'm just kind of stick with you. I'm just kind of making it up as I go. Yeah, no, I feel yeah, dude, I feel I feel you. Yeah, but um, yeah. So you, there are different ways that you can do it. You can say, okay, to make the robot go one way, I have to pay attention to one specific thing. To make it turn, I have to let my mind wander. Mm. Um, also to to make it blink three times i have to visualize something in my head because mm. that activates a different center of the brain so mm. it it again it's really it's really endless like they're they're just we're only limited to what we can detect in the brain which as time goes on we get access to better um headsets and materials then we have access to better uh, to more accurate brain data so we can add more features mm. am i making sense I no, know yeah it's... you are no you are um what a, so i remember last time you talked about what i thought was the coolest thing was like using robots to like assemble like structures on the moon and then you cover them in like lunar dirt and they like harden into that structure and then you can like remove the robots and go on to like the next part so it's almost like it's almost like when you cover like a balloon with remember, did you ever do that in school where you cover a balloon yeah. with string and paste and then you can like pop the balloon but you still have this the, the sphere mm. can we, i know that's like doing a complete 180 but that's one thing i remember and i just thought that was badass as fuck was so like what what is that is that anything that you guys would be able to do or was that just like a nasa pipe dream or so that was a that's a project that I worked on at NASA um, as a student intern. But one thing I have considered, especially so, um, and again, right now I I have to add this footnote. Mm. We're trying to keep our design costs down, so our headset that's actually measuring your brain is one of the cheaper models. Yeah. But when you go up to like it costs about a hundred bucks a headset. And so, but there's another headset that when you start getting into like the five, $600 range, then you can, I, so the, I'm sorry, I'm rambling here. No, no, um, no. So the $100 headset can track general trends and how you're thinking, but a more expensive headset can actually track like specific thoughts. No, so, so one thing that we've considered is that we would, have a game where you have a bunch of robots and if you have a headset that's tracking specific thoughts so if you think square 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 and the robots detect that they would form themselves into a square and then if you think circle 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 the robots could form themselves into a circle so that's that's a when we get like right now we're very yeah, yeah. one very rough okay. Okay. rough around yeah. the edges but with more funding yeah. like that if we get some funding i'm totally doing an r&d project on that like okay. I'm, I'm ordering that from the top down uh, okay all right yeah so all right yeah we'll, we'll we'll hold off the lunar structures for the future it's but yeah it that okay so now have you guys done any like 
fucking around on your own, even if because obviously you're using the cheaper headset, so more people can use them. But have you guys done any like just like you know in-house research where you just you get one of the more expensive ones and just see what it can do, just flex nuts a little, just so you can prepare for like what's next, you know? Because you don't want to just all of a sudden get a windfall and get some cash tomorrow and be able to buy all these headsets and be like, oh shit, well now we got to learn like they're super advanced, but like what are their capabilities? We got to, how can we make this work for us? Do you guys have like, you know, it's like the US doesn't build a hundred prototype stealth fighters at a time. We build one and then we test the fuck out of it. So when that we do get the funding and we can mass produce it, then we can crank out a bunch of F-22s. It's, do you guys, do you have like a dope one and it's like, oh, we know it's on the horizon. We just like, we can't afford this in mass right now. Uh, so personally, prior to forming the company, I actually, um, there was a teacher in our bioengineering department who let me borrow the $500 headset and I was screwing around with it. And man, it's awesome. Like it, so as a company officially, no, but at, prior to, yes, I know what the capabilities are. And so again, that's how, when I made the statement of, well, the cheaper headsets can track thought patterns where the more expensive headsets can start to hone in on specific thoughts. Mm. You, it actually has a feature where it, it's saying uh, it'll like bring a square or something towards, or no, what it'll do is say, imagine that you're moving this ball and then it'll do it. It'll run that sequence a few times, and it's actually measuring what your brain is doing, and oh, that shit. it makes an internal association. So when you fire off on those patterns, you're thinking about moving a ball. Oh shit! And so, um, and of course, like and from a technical engineering standpoint, there are pros and cons. The $500 headsets actually, they they have 16 leads that have to attach to your head a very certain way, and then they have to also be soaked in a saline solution. And that can cause the, the leads to corrode over time. And there, there are issues with that. So I know that those are generally there on the horizon, but still just having the, the concept of, yes, we can actually measure specific thoughts and link those to actions. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's what I'm really excited for. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking like, you know just take it a step further if you could take a couple and go like square 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 and it could create a square let's just let's scale scale it forward on a long enough timeline what if you could get a swarm of a hundred trillion nanobots the size of the size of just i don't know the size of a beach ball you could think like you know some sculpture by Michelangelo. And then have it morphed to the sculpture? Yeah. God damn, man. Have you seen Transformers 4? That's what it's like. I don't know. If, whether they, they figure out transforming them and they literally start like, just like, they think of a Glock and they have a Glock and then they think of a baseball bat and they have a baseball bat. Yeah. That's what it's coming to, man. That's some, that is some like divinity. Where you could literally be like, close your eyes like Michelangelo. Poof. There's the statue. Yeah. And then, yeah, you just, yeah. Is that is that on the distant distant horizon? I mean, like when you're like the next Elon Musk and you're like sixty. So I my my friends at Skynet are yeah. preventing me from giving a direct answer to yeah. said question. Yeah. But I think, like, yes, if we had the access to that kind of technology, I that was that's one of my visions. Is again, if primarily we're using it as a as an as an exercise tool 
having people cycle through different exercises. So, okay, make the ball. Now make a baseball bat. Now, like start off with something simple and then eventually build up to something complicated like a like a statue or something something crazy along those lines um so yeah that that is a that is a with the once we ascend and the robot overloads take over and nanorobots become viable technology like yes or even 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 because we've thought about this too and um bringing in some previous work that i've done i have worked in vr and ar and I've, um, being able to link those thoughts and then have it created in a virtual environment, that's, that's was, the next level. That's what I was literally about to ask. I was going to say, forget having it happen in the physical world. What if you yeah. could just imagine square, 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 and it's, get rid of the physical pieces moving instead just digital? That's, yes. that's where it's at, man. And so luckily, um, I had, like I said, I have experience with virtual and augmented reality and integrating all that in isn't it's technically feasible it's it's a it's an r d project that i we would like to pursue um and i know it's doable so that's but right now at the moment we're, we're really focusing on keeping things simple generating the basic revenue um getting the interest and then being able to scale up because if we're working primarily with students at this point, it's hard to get 30 students strapped into a VR headset because you need computers and headsets and the equipment costs. Mm. But so, but that's our vision. Like we want to get to a point where, where when we, especially when working with schools, we can just say, okay, we'll bring all the equipment and we come in, upload all the, offload all the equipment, let the kids use it and then ship it back out. Mm. Mm. So, what how are you going to eventually turn it into like money how are you gonna butter your crust with it how and that's just like i'm coming from like thinking of like all the companies i form and you know it's like you know it's like dad it's like that's great are you gonna pay rent with it and it's like that's sort of the what we were talking about earlier it's like criticism what some of it's malicious some of it's just real Oh yeah, yeah. Like no, no, no. This, dude, that, like, that's yeah. a real question, and I, um, no, it's a real question, yeah. and it's one that needs to be asked. Well, I was gonna um, say, like the podcast, I wouldn't. I love doing this. I wouldn't be doing this if there wasn't a point where I'm like, this can pay for rent, and I can get my own health insurance. Like, it's great, but at, some, at a certain point, the idyllic, it meets it meets reality. At some point, the the dreaming balloon has to get anchored into the ground and go. You're still here on Earth. You eat food, yeah. you drink water, you have a car that's filled with gasoline. You have to have health insurance and auto insurance. You got to turn the lights on. You got to have a bed. Like, and I know that I can get this podcast to a point where I can get monetized and I can make revenue. I love doing it. But the reality is, is like, there has to be, the, you got to be real about it. How does it going to, oh, yeah. how's it going to earn your crust, barter your bread? Yeah. How is this? What's the same? How are you going to sell soap? It's yeah. So um, our vision, specifically my vision for the company, is that the revenue comes in different phases. Right now at the startup phase, um, like I mentioned earlier, we're having a lot of success with the uh, science outreach and specifically the STEM uh, nonprofit organizations. Mm -hmm. And what happens is we... What happens is if they see us and they want us to come, we charge for a quick like two hour demo Mm. and usually they like the demo. So then we go under we go into contract with them for a six session full um, 
a six session program slash curriculum which shows the science behind how the technology works so we we spend sessions covering the mechanical design of the robots we talk about the electrical aspects we go into the coding with them and again it's more with those contracts so far we we've actually how much have we negotiated you don't need to share that that's that's private you can okay, if you no. want. You can if you want. I don't give a shit. I just for you. Don't feel obligated. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like again, I'm in pitch mode because when yeah, we were no, pitching yeah, no. this, I had to say like, oh, we generated. Yeah, we, yeah. No, you like, don't need to share that. These specific yeah. numbers. Yeah, no, that's private information. You don't need to be sharing that with people. Feel free to. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Just for you. Don't feel. But obligated. yeah, so we've actually like we've gone into we've gone under contract, um, and we've we're on contract for revenue, and so that's how we initially make our money, mm. and then what we plan to do is take take the funding from that and then also because we're partnering with a lot of local organizations there there are there are bigger programs that are looking to either help us or invest in us and so we have interest interest from that Mm -hmm. perspective and so with that phase of funding we're going to start rolling into the more clinical research and if we get the data, and my hypothesis is that this technology will have some kind of clinical benefit, mm. and if we if we get the data that backs that up, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, we've opened Pandora's box. Mm. Yeah. Now we're now we can do clinical grade, and like that that comes with some serious revenue. Yeah, that's the big money. But even that, but even so, if the clinical for whatever reason, if that doesn't work out, we still have something great with mm. just the with the marketing as an exercise tool and then targeting stem programs specifically Mm. we can make i mean it won't be it won't be tons of money but it's still enough to turn itself into a viable business over time yeah yeah and we um i was very surprised because people and then of course like i i never really done this before but people would (laughs) yeah I've I've dehydrated myself all day, so I want to be peeing nonstop during the podcast. But I, I just realized I started to get foggy. I was like, I need some water. <laughs> so I just no worries, man. Yeah. Yeah. But I like we'll never, or not never, but um, never say never. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's not a lot of money, it's pretty viable. And I was really surprised um, when we came up with a pricing structure, and people. I, people said hey how much does it cost we showed them our rates and it, the the response was yeah sure when do you want the check and i was like wait what really so it, we're in the process of growing now um but we're for where we are i think it can and i think it is turning itself into something that's sustainable mm. yeah that is to me that seems that's it's almost like alchemy, like to do something you love and turn it into revenue. Because I've been, like I said, got into med school 2013. It's been over seven years that I've been fucking with just my own things, whether it's comedy, whether it's video editing, whether it's graphic design, whether it's writing, whether it's making clothes, whether it's whatever. Now the podcast, like all things I've loved, some of them have become successful, but like the, you get to the point where it's like the event horizon, 
where it's like, okay, now how do you flip it into revenue? How do you make it a real thing? Because up until now, it's like, sure, it's great. It's like my subreddit, Funner History. That's fun. That's awesome. But, you know, I'm 29 years old living at home. I, I, I got to get money for rent. You know, I got I to gotta, I gotta get out of here for my own sanity. It's There comes a point where it's like, how do you convert it into the real world? And to me, that is a that is a form of like alchemy you're turning mm-hmm. lead into gold and that's yeah that yeah that's why i'm so interested but yeah so when i was asking how can you turn the company into revenue that wasn't like a how's it real to me i was just like how does it happen like when i have people on that like yeah i want to be a photographer and i turned it into like my own company and now that's how i bought my home to me i'm like you're a goddamn fucking wizard like yeah, that is wizardry yeah, yeah. you are gandalf you you fucking waved your wand and it's real. So that's what, to me, that's what's just so insane. Is like, it's insane enough that you're building telepathic robots. But to me, it's like that you can get like a contract. To me, I'm like that is, that is black magic. Like, yeah, I think it's more impressive to earn fifty thousand dollars a year doing something you truly love than it is to earn five hundred thousand dollars a year doing like a. A, a beaten path job right i think it's black magic and i think it's wonderful like and so like interestingly enough what i've realized um is that you make like essentially you make money by having something that somebody else wants and not just that but something that they assign value to and so in this stage of our development as an organization, we're finding, again, with the, the the whole showing the magic of science, people want that and that's valuable to them, it's valuable to their kids and so people are ultimately willing to pay. Um, prior to forming the company, I would demo these robots off um, just on the side here and there and I got to the point where somebody asked me and I said, hey, here's my price. And again, they were like, yeah, sure. And then I came in, did my thing. It was awesome. They they, they seemed super excited. I got to shake hands, take pictures, and that was that. So it, it's creating that value by tapping into somebody's like wants or needs. Mm-hmm. Mostly and surprisingly, I, I think I would be willing to argue that you make more by tapping into their wants almost because needs are logical like i need food i need water i need shelter but wants are like well yeah i really want this new video game i'm not gonna die if i don't have it and it's only 20 bucks so i want it i want it yeah and so that's what we're in this stage of our development really focusing on um and now, overall, like over time, we're hoping to break into the needs again, like when we start getting into the therapy range or the, the therapy area, if that pans out, because one thing. So have you ever heard of like the fire festival? Yeah. Is, was that is that like the is that the one where all those people got like gypped? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so one thing I like, I love that documentary. We just watched both of them, the Netflix and the Hulu one. And one thing that that reminds me as somebody who owns a company is that, hey, I can't overpromise things. So I'm not trying to commit fraud. The more honest and straightforward and 
it, the more honest and straightforward I am to you, the more you trust me and the more we're, we're able to do business. Mm. And so with that, I'm very hesitant to say, oh, well, this is a therapy tool because I don't have the data. And when I say I, I mean we as an organization don't have the data to back that up. And so before that, I can only tell you what it is, and I'm trying to be honest. Um, side note, um, when I was pitching this at a competition, one person said, well, why aren't you pitching this as a therapy tool? And I'm like, well, I thought about that, but that is not that statement's not accurate. So I'm not gonna pitch something that I don't 100% know to be true. Mm. Um, so with that, the point that I was trying to make is that again, if, um, you you people people are we're very we're we're very feeling and so the better you feel around me the if i tell you that hey i want to help your students and this is my really passionate way of helping your students you can feel that and perceive that and you'll feel comfortable and want to do business with me mm. yeah it's so. yeah it's you gotta yeah it's like like every guest I have on, I always make sure like like if I have a podcast tomorrow, like I have to like turn off the video games and like put my phone down at a certain point because I need to get to bed by a certain point because I need to get eight hours of sleep. I'm a little bitch. <laughs> I need those eight hours or I'm not going to be focused. My patience always wears thin. Like I, I get anxious. I get depressed. I'm not firing at a hundred percent. And that's not fair to the person that's giving me time of their day and giving me content to put up. I know I have to exercise beforehand and I can't just go through the motions. I know I have to push it because when I push it, I get a certain clarity for the rest of the day where it's literally like oxygenation of like my brain cells. Like, so I know I have to do that. I have to meditate. Like I have that. That's how I clear my mind. Like for me, it doesn't matter that it's a podcast and I'm not meeting the person in reality. For me, it's like, I gotta feel like, comb, like comb my hair, brush my teeth, like shave, like put on cologne, deodorant. For me, it's like I gotta like clear the desk, like make sure everything is clean, make sure everything is right. Even like I said earlier, make sure the screen's clean. They can't see it, but to me, it's like I need to bring myself and give it my like one hundred percent. Right. And it doesn't matter if right now the guest is just my buddy Aaron versus Elon Musk. It's like. I need to treat everyone like that now so when I do get that opportunity to have on you know fucking Bill Gates it's not a show I have to put on it's just like this is how I treat everyone right and yeah, I want to learn the, that now this... yeah and so it, it, you you practice how you play and you again there's because one thing that people are seeking, especially in this age, more than anything else, is a sense of authenticity. Yeah. And so the brands that are successful, the businesses that are successful, have some perceived trust. authenticity yeah. to. Yeah. There's a trust. There's a there, and it, it's you can't pay for that. No amount of fancy no amount of fancy uh you know buzzwords or graphs or is going to give you that you just that comes from personal connection mm. and so damn i'm rambling i know i am i'm trying to i'm trying to spin this back into uh, matter, dude. i but again pitching that, it that's a, yeah you said pitching as a therapy tool 
pitching as a therapy tool is what we can or pitching as a therapy tool is what we're aspiring for but right now pitching as a brain exercise tool is what we can 100% validate hmm. we can say yes you, it's like if i sell you a dumbbell i don't have to prove to you that the dumbbell works you use it yourself and you figure it out hmm. so same thing right now but even so like that's for a formal pitch just just doing the science outreach is giving us what we need at this stage it's giving us interest it's giving us contracts it's giving us revenue and so then that that buys us time to develop to our next goal to actually validate the 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 science behind what we're doing mm. so we we have a hypothesis and we're in the process of seeing if that really holds which in my opinion not just being and my opinion comes from the fact that again my friends who are doctors are messaging me and saying hey this might be something yeah and so i'm like okay let's figure it out yeah yeah so what do you see like like elon's first company was was zip2 and then paypal but he even said early on he was getting that he was building revenue so that he could go on to the next thing and the next thing he was just stacking his chips and going to bigger and bigger poker tables because he knew ultimately he wanted to do space but he had to start small what is like the once you've gotten rid of like where you've gotten past or you've achieved the right now we have contracts now we got x number of employees we got this reputation it's been 20 years once you sort of take care of that stuff, sort of like, okay, once I get this to where I can get an apartment, like, right. And it's like, then I can start looking at like, where do I want to take this? Cause it's less of like survival needs. And then it starts to turn to like passion, but you're not too worried about passion. You're like, I just gotta get the fuck out of my parents' house. Where are you? Once this is taken off, it's, there's no longer the existential questioning. Fuck. Should I have gone to med school? It's like, you're fine. You've got, you you have a, you have an equal salary to that you would have a doctor absolutely fun it's a re reputable company it's set you're like i know this thing can work even if it does tank i know i'm good like i'm not this isn't the end of the world why don't you get all those isn't isn't that like some sort of pyramid isn't that called like is like the pyramid of like need or something maslow's hierarchy yes. of needs yeah so once you get to like the second or third tier where are you taking this what's what what sparks you what's the not 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 like you know what's a good answer like well i would like to do this no like what's the fucking thing that i know that you're scribbling somewhere in a notebook you're like by the year 2040 we're going to be building fucking pyramids on pluto like what's the thing that gets you going like is it military applications is it just the best vr ever is it you know blow xbox out of the water or is that something that you're holding close to your chest uh okay so um, one thing that I was thinking when forming this is what innate desire, like what innate illogical desire could all of this satisfy? And I thought about when I was sitting in my apartment, dicking around, yeah. trying to build a robot that I could drive with my brain. Why was I doing it? Because I wanted to be a fucking superhero. Fuck yeah. So that's kind of my ultimate goal. At that point, it's a, I'm figuring out every way that I can possibly figure out to give myself superpowers. So maybe, You're gonna you know. You're going to be fucking Iron Man. Fucking Iron Man, yeah. That, that, I'm building my suit. Like, that is my, my vision. And so that's my personal, like, if everything, 
if we have like a ridiculous R&D budget, I'm like, okay, so let's do flying stuff. Yeah. Now. Like, let's make ourselves fly. Let's be able to lift, like, okay, I can move a robot, but what if I can lift objects or control them? Have you ever played Dead Space? Uh, no, I've heard of it, though. Okay, there's like a kinesis module where you can grab stuff, and it, it's like an electric. It's an EM field of some kind. Like, oh well, just can, just cause has that. They have they have mechs. Yeah, you can like you can like pick up shit and literally move it, and like yeah, you can pick up buses or. But yeah, you can even right. use it to like build, like to get higher and stuff. Yeah. And so, like again, it, it's it's how do how do I continue to make us superheroes? Like, yes. that's the ultimate. Like, that's the. That's the going from Zip2 to SpaceX to Neuralink. That's when you start really getting into the, all right, the, the lid's love? off. Let's yeah, see what let's, we can let's, make. Let's burn this motherfucker down kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about it if you had like a fleet of Iron Man suits for like firefighters. Fuck ladders. Fuck going upstairs that might be on fire. What if these guys just scan the building up and down? They're the people and they're just bursting through brick walls and Iron Man suits grabbing people, you know, putting them in a suit, pulling them out like you could just do or anything like that like dad there's like a dude i did an episode of the guy that's 3d printing a full iron man suit oh that's awesome i gotta put you two together <laughs> this that would be dude he's got something where the, his, his fucking lid flips down and he's got the lights come on he's got the beams oh i thought about building that before i need to holler at him like dude, he, absolutely I, I dude, i'll push... give you his fucking information he's a fucking he's a goddamn mad he's the other He's the other Tony Stark I know. You're the other one. It's you two. And I'm just like, dude, fucking, you're building the robots. This guy's a 3D printing, this fully operational. That look, dude, it's like Marvel quality. It's, oh. dude, it's not, dude, literally, he can pull out the thing and the lights come on and flips the lid and just, it's, oh, that's dude, awesome. It's not some fucking amateur bullshit. Like, hey, I 3D printed this and it kind of looks cool, but it kind of looks like something that your, your kid made in kindergarten. No. This motherfucker, like, if you didn't know it, you'd think, you'd think he's like contracted by Marvel. Like, oh yeah, no, I'm a special. Fa- yeah, I need to put you in touch with him, man. Yeah. Oh, and then, dude, I was also thinking too. Another, like, where does this go? Gundam. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yes. Like, um, or for me, more of uh, Pacific Rim. Like, just fucking big fucking robots. Yeah, man. Goddamn right, and none of yeah. that. None of that. Did you have you? Did you ever see the Pacific Rims? Yes, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. I saw. I saw. There's more. I don't know if there's more than one. There's, I saw the first there's one. There's two. Think. The first one's the best. Second one's kind of like, okay. whatever. But the first one is like, you know, yeah. None of that. None of that. That drift bullshit where you have to have two people controlling it. Fuck that plot hole. I hate that. If you could just say, like, dude, imagine if you could control a fucking three hundred foot tall robot, like, that's some insane shit, man. That is some yes. insane shit. But and so for me, like, don't get me wrong, I love the I love the telepathic robot part, but I also like for me, it's a yes, the telepathic robot can be a part of it, but I gotta be in that thing. Like, yeah. if I'm flying around, I gotta be pulling like three G's. Yeah, while I'm... <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be on the ground. I want to be in the fucking suit. Yeah. Yeah, like because that's the that's the thrill. Like, that's the, again the Iron Man thrill. It's the oh, yeah. you want to take off and fly and do all this other stuff. But that that's ultimately I, I would have to say if. If money and resources were not an issue, that's where I would take it. Iron Man. Um, and then, of course, too, like, I, 
I really mean this when I say it. Like I, I do believe in the, the the social aspects of the technology. And so um, one thing that me and my partners were all interested in is becoming becoming like that group of rich VCs who just like sees a young company struggling and they're doing something yeah. really awesome and life changing and just being like, here's a million dollars, like don't dude, even pay us back. Dude, that's like, that's what I want to do one day, man. I want to fucking make bank and I literally just want to find cool shit. I want to find guys on the hero's journey and just be yeah. like, you know, not even like give it, not even like, I don't want to hand them success, but like the tools for success, like for you, it'd be like, I would give you like the super advanced headsets. I'd be like, I'm not mm-hmm. doing anything else for you, but I'd be like, fucking yeah, figure it out. Like, yeah, see, like, here's, a, up here's and, a shield. Here's a sword. Yeah. It's, it's freaking Excalibur. It's yeah. the best sword on yeah. the market. It's Make like, it work. It's like, this, you see someone putting up like dope music It'd be like, I'd buy them like a MacBook. And like some right. like mixing stuff, and I'll be like, "Go ham, yeah." No, dude, yeah, I'm with and, you on that. That's what I want to do. I want to literally just find little these little sprouts of knowledge and innovation that are growing up, and just go sprinkle a little life force on them. Yeah, and then like too. So I've been pretty fortunate in that I I grew up in a place. Um, where, you know, my parents were there, they were invested in my education, uh, they sent me to private school, I went to college, but I know a lot of people don't have that. And so even if it's a, like, there's there's all kinds of little things that I'm thinking, like when I see a school that's struggling, just being able to be like, man, if I had enough bank, I could literally give them the best infrastructure. So like what LeBron did yeah. with his I Promise School. Yeah. Like, or even, even now, like thinking as, like, okay, if I had a big company and there's a worldwide pandemic, I want to be able to say, you know what, guys, we're shutting everything down for two weeks. Everybody's getting paid. Go home. Be safe. Yeah. Yeah. And Or not only that, be like Tesla or Ford. Be like, we have the fucking extra to be like, whoever wants to come, it's voluntary. But hey, we're, we're switching up operations and now we're producing ventilators. Like, right. I want to. That's yeah. I get what you mean. Yeah, send everyone home. Here's pay. Don't worry about it. Take care of your families. I want to be able to do that. I also want to be able to like, how can I leave my thumbprint? Be like, how can I push back instead of just sitting and waiting for it to pass? Be like, what can I do? What can I? You right. know, do I own a pharmaceutical company? I got the fucking machinery. Like here, we can. You got got the cure. We can mass produce it. Like we can yeah. switch our assembly lines. Like yeah, just be able to fucking really just be able to like push back on the world and like leave a print and not in some sort of like you know i want to crush the world i want to bend it to my will not some fan of shit now yeah that's a megalomaniacal lex luther shit no but just like to not be so like to not be like a victim be like this thing's coming now like i'm gonna use my resources in my like team of fucking super scientists and just be like Let's go like flex nuts and fix this thing. Like Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think I think like that 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 really is something that matters is that 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 ability to just because it, 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 I'm losing train of my thoughts. I'm sorry. I'm thinking like eight things at once, but I for me, like I generally am a person where it's like, look, I'm trying, I'm a squirrel trying to get my nut in this yeah. world. And if I can help you get yours, then cool. Like, yeah. yeah. So if for me, like, you know, when I see students, they're, they're coming from hard backgrounds. They, they don't really have a lot just to be able to give them something to give them a fighting chance to, to be, 
what they want to be like that that that's near and dear to my heart because there's so many people who have given me a lot mm. to be what i want to be and yeah so that's something that i feel like needs to be shared yeah um well yeah like and you. then too no keep going no 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 you're good you I was gonna go say, for well, it. like you i mean I, you know i have two parents that are still together that are you know I, I got to go to private school my whole life you know it's it's we were never handed a blank check, but we were never wanting. It was you want to exactly. go. You want to go do this extracurricular program. You, you, we're gonna go do it. You want to like, you know, you want to build a podcast. Like, all right, upper room's yours. You know, here's you know you you can have all this. Create. It's that yeah. There were so many people where it's like. It's one thing if you're just like told you're stupid. It's one thing to provide the emotional support, but it's like some people. It's like. They don't even have. So like you don't have the opportunity to do it. Like I can't sit down and do it because I got to go fucking work at McDonald's all night, right? Right. Yeah. And it's a lot of people just need, they just need a little bit of a, just some breathing room. Right. Yeah. And you, how many te- how many Elons are out there right now, who don't have two seconds of of their of their own time of day, to start fucking building shit because they got to get the next groceries or they got to, you know, they got to fucking work. The next right. Shift. Yeah. It, like I've just, I want like how many super geniuses are, but are just preoccupied. They can't, they can't do the thing cause they got shit to do. Like, yeah. That's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, uh, that's one thing too, that I, I, I'm starting to realize as I get older is these people that you look up to like that. I mean, part of it is they really could like, that dude that you saw at the grocery store, if if he was given the right amount of resources and he was in the right place at the right time, that could be Elon Musk. Mm. Yeah. Like, so there, there is the delineation between those who are up there and those who are not. It, it's not, it, there isn't much difference. It's mm. just experiences and who had access to what but we all have the potential to be somebody yeah and i want to at least give people a fighting chance to be the best versions of themselves yeah yeah like now granted not everyone like to be real i don't think everybody will just because that's not the way those things work but you just at least want to give people a fighting chance, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's like not everyone, just because you took the leap of faith and went on the hero's journey, it doesn't mean you're going to make it. Right. But you do have to take the leap of faith. It's the same thing. Like, no, not everyone given the resources are going to do it. It's just, that's just, if everyone's special, then no one's special. It's just, that's, that's the nature of reality. You cannot be that superhero if everyone is. It's just, so there will always be people that just go farther. But, like, I want the reason for people, I want the reason for people to not become that superhero. I want it to be because they gave up or they decided they didn't like it. I want it to be because they never got the chance to try. Like, right, exactly. It's like, I want you to be able to take the leap. Like, it sounds bad. Like, if you fail, like, I want you to fail because it was your fault. I don't want you to fail because of some shit life handed to you. I want to right. put all the tools in front of you. And if you fail, that's on you, bro. But I don't. I don't want any. I don't want there to be like, well, I had to raise my kid sister or something, right? You know, right, it's. Yeah, yeah. I want everyone to have the opportunity. And if you don't become Elon Musk, well, then it's just like, all right, dude, sucks to suck. 
you know the vast majority yeah. of us will not be elon musk but yeah i want people to have the, like, the chance to try like one thing i want to do man is like i i want to build a fucking i want to build a medical school for the university of georgia because i had so many friends at uga who went on to went on to get into med school but were like first generation african immigrants first generation south korean immigrants and it was like they you know they got into med school by like the skin of their teeth but like mm-hmm. they were working all the time they didn't have the you know it wasn't even that they didn't have the dedication to study for organic chemistry all night it's like they didn't have the time they had to go work at the laundromat and it was uh, like yeah that's like yeah that's something i want to do is like i want to build something that's like free tuition and it's like it would just be a GPA. It doesn't care. I don't care how you get the GPA. If you get it, you can go for free. But it's shit like that. Like, I want the reason for people to fail to be entirely on, like, their own merits, you know? Like, I don't want you right. to, yeah. like, feel free to walk across, like, the, the high rope. There's a cushion at the bottom. If you fall, you fall. I don't want anyone to break their leg. Not everyone's going to make it across. I just, I don't want anyone <laughs> to break their fucking leg, right? It's, that's, that's not a fun, right, like, yeah. I don't think there's any inherent value in that like struggle is good but past a certain point struggle is just struggle and there's nothing right valuable about it. it's just torture exactly so that that's kind of that's my that's my bruce wayne tony stark ridiculous levels of i just have money and resources yeah. and i can do whatever the hell i want so yeah. this is what i'm doing dude that's what i want to do man you got to aspire to it it's um we'll wrap this up but uh, yeah, one thing I always think of is there's there's some quote that's like if your dreams don't scare you, then then they're not big enough. Exactly. It's, it's not enough that they excite you. The idea of like getting a podcast to pay for an apartment, to me that excites me. I'm like, what scares me? I'm like, well, shit, what scares me is like, what if I balled out? What if I was able to like influence the industries I want to? Like, you mm-hmm. know, space travel, mental health care. That's what's that's when I'm like, whoa, I don't know. I could I could pull off the podcast. I don't know if I could pull off some Tony Stark shit. Well, I'm like, well, shit, if it doesn't scare me. So that's where I try to put my goals now. I'm like, if it doesn't like, whoo, like it doesn't scare me. Like you don't want an easy goal. You don't even just want a goal that excites you. It's got to scare you. Yeah. Like I'm not worthy. That's what you got to, you got to find something you go, I'm not worthy of that. And then go for that. Yep. Like you can't just, it, yeah. It's your moonshot, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, you, you, a lot of people were looking up and they were like, that's a, that's far away, but you don't yeah. get it unless you, you need that, yeah. that extra kick of, yeah, this, this could be really bad. This and like, or be... not even really bad. It's just, this is scary. I don't know what this is, but it could be great. Yeah. And so because of that, like, that's what makes you pursue it. Yeah. It's, it's got to scare the shit out of you. It's, yeah it's gotta scare the fucking shit out of you cause goddamn, you know as like we've talked about as insane as our journeys have been goddamn, if there's an ever a boring day no. <laughs> good or bad good or bad it's always a fucking roller coaster you know yes. it's it's I mean Jesus Christ dude it's like yesterday just my own like mental like anxiety meltdown I was like okay tomorrow's a new day I woke up today I'm like Let's go get it another day. And it's yep. just like, but God damn, it's like the one thing I can say is like, they're not boring. They're insane. <laughs> it's, it's some days they're not boring because they're bad. Some days they're not boring because they're great. But God damn, they're never, oh, going to go do the same thing. It's, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, let's, uh, yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's definitely schedule another one. That was a, 
we just won for two hours and 50 minutes so yeah, that was a fucking long one man but uh yeah we uh i'm sorry we didn't touch on robots till like two hours in you and i went no, balls no deep on like, philosophy it's your, look man you run the show i'm just happy fuck to be that. on it so fuck, your, your call you don't give i don't give a fuck man we can talk about whatever let's uh let's definitely do another one though man yeah definitely let's, let's yeah fuck yeah bro aaron shepherd goddamn mad scientist <laughs> I, pre- I appreciate it bro do you guys have a website or something that i can plug that I can put, oh, I'll put in the top uh, so comment. Our website is under construction. That's fine. Um, I don't give a shit, dude. I was just going to say, let me know and I just so I can like pin it as a comment or something. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll pin it. I'll post yeah, it to you. Yeah. I'll share it with you. It's under construction. It um, doesn't matter. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't think people really care. I, they, it's just, it's just, I just want something to plug. If you don't have it, I don't give a shit. But yeah, no, yeah. no, no. I got you, dude. Yeah, um, yeah but we... Dude, it's crazy. We got... Because we got the website up, we're, uh, we're just getting things rolling for the summer. Unfortunately, Corona is wrecking our plans some. Yeah, so, but, but we still there the punches. A, the punches. There's a contract that we definitely have, mm-hmm. um, and there's some other things in the works. I somebody who was connected to the Ministry of Education in Dubai was like, "Hey, this is really cool. Do you want to come to Dubai?" I was like. Yeah, hey. Dubai money. That's fucking. I know. Woo. Um, and so we'll just see. But it, I, I'm trying to take it day by day. We, um, we're also doing a couple little things. I, I know it sounds jumbly, but that's how it is when you start out. Um, we're doing some because we do a little consulting for small businesses because we we're all three engineers. We generally can make things and. Uh, we're writing an app for one of the councilmen in the city for his district. And so we're under contract for that. And he's excited to, because he funds a lot of the, the STEM initiatives that we that we work with. And mm-hmm. so he's excited to help us grow. So it Fuck just yeah. try to put in the work to get it to catch and Fuck let yeah. that reaction Fuck yeah. take so, off. Yeah. You gotta just keep throwing. You're in a forest. You gotta just keep throwing matches. Eventually, one of them will burn it fucking down. That's where oh, I am. Yeah, that's where I am right now, man. It's seven years in. It's like I'm still flicking matches. I'm like, one of them's gonna catch some like pine needles, and then it's just gonna be. But yeah, the only way you can know is if you keep flicking matches. Aaron Shepard and Tommy Harrigan flicking matches and burning down forests. You can quote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't use that in court. All right, brother. <laughs> I'll text you after this. Let's definitely uh, set up another one. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, okay, yeah. Actually, with uh, so school is canceled. Well, not canceled, yeah. but it's all online. So my schedule is relatively free. Um, I know around late April, early May is finals time, but then afterwards, I have a solid month before anything really all takes right. off. So. All right. Well, yeah, and dude, you can also come on sooner than that if you want. You, you don't need to wait that long. I don't give a shit. Yeah. We can jump. I've had on people back to back, man. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Yeah, man. Don't worry. I, let Let me see. I know. Just uh, scheduling wise, things are kind of. Yeah, hectic, yeah, yeah. Cause... No, dude. We'll figure it out. We'll figure yeah. it out. Um. All right, man. Stay safe. Uh. Fuck yeah. My brain's kind of fried. I don't really have anything else to say. But <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm yeah. so hungry right yeah, now. Um, yeah, dude. Eat. I'm starving. I need some. Gl- I need some blood sugar. I'm starting to get foggy. Yeah. All right, man. Let's end it while we're ahead. (laughs) All right, dude. Peace. All right. Peace, man.